Yo, how's it going, everyone? Welcome. We are the Gaming Duel Podcast. I'm Kelvin, the Kevlar Vest, your host for this week. And joining me is none other than my co-host, Rob, the robot. How you doing, Rob? Doing good, doing good. How about you, man? You doing all right? I'm doing great, man. I'm doing great. Rob, we have a special guest today, man. I just want to get straight to it. Uh, we have a special guest, guys. I need you all to welcome this gentleman here who shares the same love and passion as us with the Kingdom Hearts franchise. Maybe even more. I probably, I think maybe even more, honestly. <laughs> the founder of the Unlockables podcast, along with his miniseries, Guiding Keys, the story of Kingdom Hearts. Join me in welcoming Eric Guess. How Gentlemen, I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. We've been in each other's orbit for a while here, kind of circling, interacting, having some Twitter interactions. And I, of course, uh, I listen to the show every chance I get because uh, you guys are one of my preferred sources to go to for everything that's happening in the video game industry. So thank you guys hey. so much for the work you do. It's super cool to be here. I don't normally get to do like live shows or anything like that. So this is this is super cool. Thank you, man. Thank you uh, for joining us. You know, I mean, Rob took a whim. He's like, you know what, man? We haven't done any content with Eric, <laughs> so why why not? Why not? And here we are. You know what I mean? And of course, you are a huge fan of Kingdom Hearts. It only oh, makes sense because yeah. we're we're huge fans of Kingdom Hearts ourselves. So it's like, why have hasn't this been done before? You know? I'm surprised yeah. it took I'm surprised it took this long because of right. you know our love for this stuff. So. Yeah, I'm sure we probably talked in the past about doing it. Just things kind of got crazy. I had to cut back on guest appearances, but you guys are right. And you guys have both been supportive of, of the Kingdom Hearts stuff I've been doing. So that's been very cool. Thank you guys Absolutely. for that. Appreciate it. But uh, yeah, this was a long time coming. And yeah, excited to uh, be amongst fellow Kingdom Hearts aficionados such as yourself. So it's kind of the niche I've carved out for myself. You know, uh, I'm, I'm kind of the Kingdom Hearts guy uh, or de facto Kingdom Hearts guy mm -hmm. in the community. But yeah. Uh, um, yeah, I'm excited to get to this with you guys. I know we got some awesome stuff to talk about today. We, we do, got a we do, lot we of Kingdom Hearts stuff that we, we, we're just <laughs> going to manifest. We don't have any news, any new news about Kingdom Hearts. We're just going to talk about Kingdom Hearts at some point. So Absolute manifest. Uh, Release yeah, date of uh, four coming out after this episode. <laughs> Colin. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> right. Imagine. <laughs> guys, if you're new to the show, welcome. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening to us. We are the Gaming Duo Podcast where we share the gaming news, share our thoughts on it and have a great time we are live on wednesdays on youtube at youtube.com slash the gaming duo podcast and in audio format wherever you get your podcast services if you want to support us you can definitely do so by heading on over to the gaming give us a five star rating that'll be really really appreciated and anything lower just give us a reason why you know what i mean like don't, don't just like give us a three and be like yeah fuck you guys just just give, give a little a little comment you know what i mean that'll be, that'll be appreciated let's um, be honest it should be five stars don't give anything less than oh, that for sure. yeah, that's yeah, unacceptable, unacceptable. Yeah, yeah unacceptable oh, yeah. Five stars. come on come on, come on. <laughs> guys we have merch we finally have our merch store out right now gamingduopod.com slash store check it out if you are interested definitely get some stuff there we have some really cool hoodies really cool shirts really cool mugs like you name it it's dope as hell right rob can I stop rocking back and forth now? Am I, am I showing it enough? I'm good. You're good. You're good. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm not right, really right, showing right. it. I'm not doing it justice <laughs> right now. That's why I want you guys to go over to the gamingduopod.com slash store to check it out. Um, yeah, man. It's been a long time coming. We changed our logo. Looks pretty cool. I like it. I love it. What about you, Rob? Yeah, man. I mean, I can't get enough of it. I look at our like social stuff. I'm like, damn, this this looks official. Like we did good. Right. So Eric, what um, do you think? 
I I was gonna say I wanted to compliment you guys on it because I, I love the, the the sleek minimalist design. I'm I'm a marketing major. That's what I my education's wow. in. So I'm a sucker for branding. And when you guys dropped all your new stuff, like what was it last week? I was like, ooh, yeah, that stuff looks really sharp. So A plus job from me. Not Thank that you. not that you need my grade, but <laughs> <laughs> awesome, awesome. Well, you mentioned a little bit of your profession. We're kind of kind of move into the 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 side of the news here. Not so much of the gaming news, but more news on who Eric is, right? Who you are and tell us a little bit about yourself. I think we're going to do this a little bit differently this week because typically when we have a new guest on the show, on the, on the show, we have the end game chat dedicated to that guest, right? Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. We're going to change it up a little bit. Let's start off with Eric. Who are you and what do you do? Yeah, honestly, I've been thinking about your question ever since I've been alive. It's like, who am I and what do I do? It's, a, it's an excellent, excellent question. But uh, yeah, so my name is Eric. I, I host a show that I started uh, just over a year ago called the Unlockables Podcast. And I mm -hmm. build that as uh, the story of video games, the people who play them and the memories made along the way. It kind of spawned out of an old podcast project I was doing called the Sidequesting Podcast. And what I really wanted to explore was the storytelling side of video games, the, the stories that video games tell us, the stories that people who play games tell us, uh, the, the stories that developers tell us. So uh, that's really what I've kind of tried to focus my show on being a, a marketing major. I believe in the power of, of stories to not only sell things, but to just kind of inform everyday life. And stories are something that humans have done, you know, since we huddled around campfires 50,000 years ago or whenever. Right, right, right. Theory of humanity you subscribe to, but uh, I've, I've kind of explored that. I've had some guests on that have uh, come on and talked a little bit about their podcasts and told uh, really personal stories about their connections to video games. You know, every guest I have on, I tell, hey, you can get as deep or as shallow as you want on this. And, and some people have chosen to come on and tell really, really personal touching stories about their life and their connection to video games with, you know, people who aren't in their lives anymore, friends that have moved on, uh, family members that have passed on. And, and it was just a really, really cool thing that uh, I kind of discovered that video games are more than just this entertainment medium that we interact with. It's there are concrete uh, like memories and feelings associated with games at certain time you're playing in your life. So I've been exploring that side a little bit and then just kind of sharing the stories of the games that I love, obviously Kingdom Hearts, and then diving into a little bit of, just the stories behind people who who make games and you know things that kind of happen that maybe people don't realize that's kind of the angle of my show i've been taking and uh, i've really enjoyed it and as the show has gone on i've kind of redeveloped and, and refined the concept and uh, excited to kind of see what that takes shape here in year two that's really cool that's really cool i like that you have this um space for for content creators and podcasters whoever you you put into your to your um to your podcast to just kind of be vulnerable a little bit and just kind of mm -hmm. let them talk about what really makes them enjoy video games you know and mm -hmm. and we can go as personal as we want as well here but it's very like for me i have a very special place for video games because it's done so much for me as a, as a person and right um i mean we can go as deep as, as you want you know what i mean like that's how personal and that's how how much um, love I share for video games. So it's, it's a very touchy subject because it's something that I really like care about, you know, deep, deep down inside. I actually, uh, have a story. I don't know if I want to like tell you, but like, <laughs> I don't know if when I you say to. the memories you make with these things about the, the times in your life, I remember specifically, I think I was listening to one of your podcasts, one of your episodes, and you said that, and I was like, I'm like, let me think of a time a video game actually like helped me remember a point in my life or help me get through a certain mm -hmm. thing. And I remember I got 
uh, I think it was 2012 or something. 20, I don't remember. Wow. But I got the pig flu. Oh, oh wow. swine flu. Yeah, swine yeah. flu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Swine flu. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. I got that. And I was miserable. I was completely, absolutely okay. miserable. Mm-hmm. And uh, Kelvin gave me his Vita, his PS Vita, to play Persona for Golden. Oh, nice. And I swear that game got me through that sickness. Like mm-hmm. every time I think I'm sick, I'm like, I wish I had just had Persona 4 Golden to get me through this because that was just like, but I think of, like, you think of things like that and you're just like, wow, like that game really helped me through getting my mind off of that thing that I was like miserable about. So right. very powerful and stuff. It, it really comes from a place for me personally too, because uh, I can't imagine what my life would be like without games. Uh, from from a young age, I, I suffered pretty bad from allergies and asthma. So uh, mm. really the athletics portion of grade school and high school was kind of taken away from me. I just I wasn't able to compete to a level where I was like seeing consistent playing time. So yeah. that kind of group of friends was kind of taken away from me. So mm-hmm. gaming was a way that I kind of cope with that and found like a new group of friends and enabled me to scratch that competitive itch. And really, it's been this thing that has kind of been with me through my entire life. It's been there in the good times and the bad times. So. Uh, as I was thinking about this solo uh, concept for this project, that those feelings and thoughts kept like coming up. And yeah, we we tend to spend a lot of time and not that this is a bad thing, because I love talking about all kinds of games as much as the next person. We tend to, to focus so much on, you know, critical analysis of games and what is happening and, you know, uh, Xbox versus Sony and, and all this stuff. Right. Um, that nobody just kind of I wanted to slow down and just ask the people who are playing the games, hey, how are you doing? And what does this game mean to you? And just kind of take time to reflect on on those memories. And it's it's been a really cool, really rewarding experience. And I've been one that I've kind of fought my whole life to kind of tell people that, hey, video games is not just a waste of time. It, it's something that means something to a lot of people. So that's really something I've tried to to bring forward in, into my show. Absolutely. Yeah, man, I, I dig that. Um, tell us a little bit more about how you started the podcast. Like what made you like really get into the unlockables was it i mean i know you mentioned it a little bit briefly but can you dive into it a little bit more as far as like why why what first of all what's why is it called the unlockables let's start there but that but that was an unintended <laughs> uh consequence yes i was kind of thinking about that but no really i'm sure you guys know as much as i do when you're starting a podcast trying to come up with a name can be really 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 difficult so i probably had a list of of like a million names or i was just like let me see about this let me see about that and you know i was trying to find something unique which is difficult because as you guys probably know once you get into the video game space you're like wow there's a lot of people that do video game (laughs) podcasts Mm -hmm. yeah yeah uh so really the unlockables came from me just trying to find like something that sounded cool and uh i believe too i had just watched the uh sylvester sloan action movie the expendables and I was like, oh, Unlockables, oh. That, that, the name is, that kind of sounds cool. And it's about like groups of people that play video games, kind of like his movies about groups of action stars. So really, that's kind of what it kind of came down to. And then I was like, oh, yeah, like unlocking Kingdom Hearts, like all that kind of ties in together. So, yeah, a, a B-rated action movie combined with my love of insane Final Fantasy. Yeah, Kingdom <laughs> Hearts stuff kind of is the catalyst for that. And then as far as how that show came about, this is actually like my fourth podcast that i've ever tried to do uh yeah the first podcast i ever tried to do was uh me and my friend did like uh, 10 or 12 episodes of an nba podcast because we loved 
talk about sports and we love talking about basketball. So we just tried to do like the whole break down the games every week and talk about topics like that. I had one epic uh, episode that's lost the time, but I wish I'd saved it where I broke down the MJ versus LeBron debate and wow. Firmly in team Michael Jordan. So anybody come at me on Twitter. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. And then after that, I did uh, one podcast. Well, debate that Uh, people debate that. Come on. (laughs) I mean, I guess so. Uh, These young kids nowadays just don't they don't understand. They don't get it. No, that's okay. It makes me feel old. Um, (laughs) But yes. uh, And then I had uh, two video game podcasts prior to this one with a group of two friends that I met streaming uh, one with uh, that same friend that we kind of went on to do like our, our own thing. And then. Uh, life just kind of got busy with me and my co-host and I knew I still wanted to do some kind of podcast project and I was just like well let me give it the old solo try and I've been doing it solo ever since I know I've wanted to create some kind of content around video games for a long time I briefly tried the whole streaming thing I briefly tried some YouTube stuff and I just never really kind of found my my groove with that and then once I kind of started listening to podcasts and stuff I was like oh this would maybe be kind of a cool thing that I could do that's a little more curated, you know, you can kind of edit it and do all that stuff as more of like instead of the live format that streaming is. And it kind of right. just grew out of that. So I, I've always wanted to do something around video games. And since I'm not working in the video game industry, I figured podcasting is the next best thing. And then also too, during the pandemic, you had a lot of free time. So I was like, well, now's as good a time as ever as, as a lot right. of people probably, you know, around the pandemic were like, hey, might as well give this a try. So that's kind Absolutely. of the, the, the short version. Yeah, man. Uh, Rob, you have anything to say? I was just going to say, I mean, you say you don't work in video games or you're not. I mean, technically, if you think about it, you you do work in video games. I feel like if you <laughs> do pick up a video game podcast, like you you, you could, you are working with video games. You're, you're technically working, like you're building content for video games. Like in a sense, it is marketing towards like a specific set of, of games that you're talking about, right? right? So in a sense, like we do work with video games like it's, it's not like official we don't get paid for it but like we still put the work in right so you're right i should think of it more that way and not put myself down so much <laughs> yeah, yeah you're, you're part sure. of the gaming industry you know you're for sure, sure. season vet um, so still waiting for my call from nintendo right <laughs> what the hell what's going on nintendo maybe one day um <laughs> so eric how, when did you start like how long how long have you been doing podcasts for like what's your Ooh, so it's probably been since it's been on and off since probably about 2015, 2016. Okay. Uh, the NBA podcast was before I tried to do streaming. And then I think it was like 2018 or 2019. I tried to do streaming for about a half a year mm-hmm. and really just kind of got burnt out on that. I give major props to people who try to do streaming. That's oh, yeah. not an easy thing to do. Not at uh, all. And then so during that time too, just kind of tried to do the podcast with some friends I met streaming and it was just kind of on and off for about the last like four or five years. So it's been something I've always wanted to do for a long time. But I just think that finally with the unlockables, I found the consistency I was looking for. Mm -hmm. And despite it being, I think, more challenging to to kind of helm that project by myself and not really have anybody to bounce off of. uh, It's been uh, rewarding to kind of have like sole control and be able to do whatever it is that I want. So uh, I, I've, really cool. and I've, and I've supplemented that too, by trying to bring people on as, as often as I can. And I've, I've arrived at this place where I feel comfortable enough, either doing it solo or jumping on with a guest. And uh, really, I think you guys will probably agree with me that the, the coolest part of doing all of this is uh, all of the amazing people that I've met. You know, we've, we've heard for, you know, our parents have told us that, Hey, don't talk to strangers on the internet. Don't take free candy all that stuff. But you know, mm-hmm. some of the coolest people I've met have just been like, like you guys text me, Hey, like, let's collab and 
you know, it, that's been an amazing experience and met so many incredible people all over the world because of that, which I never, I, I thought my days of making friends were over now that I'm yeah, you know, you're over like, 30. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. Exactly. Like I don't need, I don't need any more. I'm done. I'm, I'm done. But here you are. you like, you have like 10 different friends that you made throughout, you know, this whole process. Yeah. And, it's been insane. <laughs> and you sure. like talk about life stuff with them. It's so weird. Like you're like, you, they're almost like, you know, your therapist and stuff like that. So it's, it's, it's wild. It's true. Almost, yeah. I was just going to say, it's almost friends that like, you feel like you've met, you've, you've known for no. so long. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. It's like, you, you can just talk about video games. You can talk about life. You can talk about like, you can get as deep as you want, or just as like surface level as you want, you know? And yeah. I think that's great. I think the, the community that we have right now is, is fantastic. And, and then the, the podcast community is, is, it's so welcoming, but also just, I don't know, it's kind of it's like a little small family in a sense. I, I kind of think of it that way, right? Like yeah. everyone kind of knows each other sort of, even if we haven't like really interacted, like you just know who they are just by passing, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's really cool, you know? Yeah. It's like you're building friendships through gaming. You know, it's like you're building oh. friendships through gaming. It's weird. It's like, that's how, what happens. Yeah. Imagine wow. that. That's crazy. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. What a slogan. I imagine it's um, almost like you planned that. Nice plan. Yeah, <laughs> weird. <laughs> Goodbye, uh, guys, by the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in the chat here says, uh, let me go back to his first uh, message here. It says, if I had a podcast, I would have to focus it. I would have I would love to focus on the weekly releases of comic books, whether it's Marvel, DC, or Indies, like uh Boom Among Others, even manga. Mm -hmm. That's pretty cool. That I've seen a cool. couple um a couple podcasters that that do kind of like comic book related stuff, but I don't think I've seen one that's like really deep diving into like each comic book or, or kind of like really talking about like the latest comic book. So um, that would be pretty cool to see. Listen, as the it's if there's a time to be podcasting or the easiest time to be a podcaster, now is the time. Like the there's so many resources available to you mm -hmm. that if you could pick it up, just just do it. Like it's it's that easy to do. Just, right. Yeah. So. It used to be. I remember I hosted the first NBA podcast on like SoundCloud. Wow. So uh, coming, yeah, coming from from that to like all these things like Anchor and, and all these other tools, it's yeah, it, it's, it's come more accessible than yeah. than ever before. So, yeah, I would just go for it. Um, real quick before we move on, Eric, as far as your podcast goes, do you see where do you see it going in like a few years from now? Like, do you see any? Do you see it kind of swaying a different direction at all? Do you see? um your kingdom hearts uh miniseries kind of elevating a little bit more like what do you see the unlockables in a few years from now i know it's kind of like a cliche question but um, i'm yeah. interested to see what you see what you think because i feel like your podcast has been so successful along with the miniseries that you've done with the kingdom hearts stuff mm -hmm. i feel like you can take it any way any direction you want and you know you can kind of make it your own like you said right yeah i yeah i'll be lying to you guys if i said i haven't thought about it uh i i know eventually Although I'm not sure how far down the road that's going to be, uh, the the Kingdom Hearts miniseries will will come to some sort of conclusion. Either sure. it being like we'll have caught up to the story, uh, or the next game will come out, or like the series will finish and that'll just be done. But um, I think doing that and seeing the reception to that and kind of getting the process figured out for for what that looks like, because uh, those episodes more than any I've done are are probably the most labor intensive. Uh, oh the, yeah the first episode the first two parts on kingdom hearts one i had 40 pages of notes uh i recorded for four hours and i edited for probably another like eight to ten at least so um when those you are very four hours straight you recorded four. Straight. no i recorded in four one-hour sessions because i was okay. going 
insane insane okay. <laughs> so awesome. four four different one hour sessions um Jesus. yeah i would have been dead i i've got like a two hour max and then i'm just too tired <laughs> yeah um but i think doing that has kind of like wanted i i definitely know i want to move forward with more kind of mini like deep dive mini series like that yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, i definitely have some other ones that i'm think i've been thinking about i have a series that i've been working on that I wanted to be out by now, but is not quite yet. I'm calling it the House of Mario, and it's the it's going to be like a Nintendo retrospective through like the lens of, of Mario. So I'm going to be going over like probably every single Mario game and just kind of like interweaving the history of Nintendo with that, um, because Mario is a very important character in my life. The first video game I ever played was Super Mario World, so um, I wanted wow. to go back to my roots and just kind of explore. Uh, I've kind of had this lifelong bond with Nintendo because of that. So uh, that'll be one that's coming out soon. I've revamped that, I think, three or four times to kind of change what that's going to look like. Uh, I wanted to do one on like all of the Halo lore because I think Halo mm. is, has this crazy expansive lore around it. And Halo is another really important game to me. So I have other series planned that I want to do. And then uh, I would really love to start trying to get some higher profile guests on on the show. Um, I've always said my, my pie in the sky guest is, is Reggie. I'd love to get Reggie on the show. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. uh, Just because I feel like if I'm going to tackle the storytelling aspect of video games, like those people probably have some amazing stories and, Mm -hmm. you know, just having like read Reggie's books and knowing some of the more high profile people in the industry probably have some really, really cool stories. And I just finished reading um, Jason Schreier's book, Blood, Sweat and Pixels. And just the stories that he told them, like to talk to those people would be would be incredible and just see like what their work has meant to them and what games have meant in their life. So that's the goal. I'm going to keep moving towards, uh, you know, and then I'm just going to do it as, as long as I possibly can until, well, you'll never run out of stories to tell because games are, will hopefully continue on far into the future. Right. Right. Yeah, right. Uh, pending the collapse of society, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome, man. Yeah. I think it's a great that you have this like mindset of, of reaching for the stars and having these like high profile people got, get into your uh, po- podcast and, and just interviewing and see what stories mm-hmm. they, they have. Cause that's similar to what we want to do, right? We want to have like high profile people and just kind of like talk to them, you know, talk about, talk about games and right. stuff like that. So I think that's really cool. Um, Let's move on, gentlemen. Let's move on to what are you playing? Because I, I really want to know. Let's start with Eric, since he's a guest. Eric, what are you doing? What are you playing right yeah, now? What are you playing you know right now? What, what's, on your, what's on your radar? Uh, ask myself that. Uh, too many things. Uh, way <laughs> okay. too many things. Just dipping uh, your which, toes and everything? Yeah, and I have so, too much to finish before Zelda comes out, because that is looming, and that is going to be here quick. But uh, I think the big thing is, obviously, I'm playing Kingdom Hearts 2 for the show right now. So mm-hmm. I've begun going through that and I'm playing it kind of in sections instead of all at once because I'm playing a section and then making an episode on it. So uh, I'm a little ways into that. And then uh, I'm doing another playthrough of Fire Emblem Engage. Uh, I did okay. a couple. I did my first playthrough back in January. So I'm going back to the game, kind of seeing if my thoughts uh, kind of are the same. I'm playing in a higher, harder difficulty now that I know the game a little bit better. And then uh, uh, throwback one during my lunch breaks on my la- work laptop emulator, which I'll mm-hmm. probably get in trouble for if my boss hears this, but they don't know I have a podcast. <laughs> so it's fine. Um, yeah. Okay. I've been playing uh Pokemon black version on DS. So oh, just kind of going nice. back. Um, I was just kind of curious. It's been a while since I've gone back to an older gen Pokemon game so since playing like Scarlet and Sword and Shield. And, yeah, all that. Yeah. and I just wanted to see if my nostalgia held up and it'd been a while since I played that one. And that one has a genuinely better story than most of them. And 
uh, yeah, that's been enjoyable. I definitely miss some of the quality of life improvements that later games in the series made. Right. Like the yeah, everyone gets experience and just kind of the more expedited pace of battle and capturing. Right. But right. Uh, that's been cool. So those are like mainly the things I've been playing. And then uh, I'm just trying to clear the slate, like I said, for Zelda coming out. Uh, Final Fantasy 16 coming out and then right. uh, the most immediate release I'm trying to clear the slate for is the Advance Wars 1 and 2 reboot camp yes. in April. Oh, wow. So okay. I'm super, uh, super excited for that. Advance Wars guy. Okay. All right. Yes, nice. sir. Yes, sir. I, I awesome. love those games so much. <laughs> Rob, what are you playing? So I'm still trying to beat Metroid um, Zero Mission on the GBA. Right. I'm playing it on, Hell my, yeah. on my, uh, my Steam Deck and uh, yeah, it's it's oh it's opened my eyes because I'm like, damn, this game is like you think it's like really easy, but the way you have to navigate through the map is crazy. Like mm -hmm. Fusion was very linear and Dread was very linear, the two most recent entries I've played, right? They just say go here, go here, go here. It's, pr it's right. pretty easy. This is right. like you got to go back to like this little room. That's how Prime looks. is, man. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> it it started with the the you know the the ones on the Super Nintendo. So um but I'm having a really good time with it. I love it. It makes me appreciate it and I really wish I would have started the series when I was younger, like to, to appreciate more, I feel like, you know, I'm jumping on the bandwagon because, but that's why they do these remasters, right? So they're like, wow, like remember this game, you should play it, sit, play it series. So here we are. Um, and then the other game I've tried out was um, Cereza and the Lost Demon, um, oh, yeah. the Bayonetta game for oh, Switch. Oh, yes, yes. There is a demo out um, on the Nintendo eShop. Mm -hmm. um, the game came out, I think the 17th, but yes. I, I tried that out. And it's it's interesting. I will say that it's it's definitely way different than like Bayonetta, but yeah. a lot like really really story driven so far. Okay, um, and and it's it's slow. It's it's very very slow. Is it is it right up my alley or what do you think? Um, like the way the cutscenes happen is like a book. It's like you're reading yep. a storybook kind of. Um, but so far like I am enjoying it, but I'm like. I'm so used to the Bayonetta games where it's like fast, fast pace, go, 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 go. And I'm like, it's making me take my time with it. And I'm like, but I, I know you can go faster. Like I, I'm used to the game where you can go fast. Like I know Bayonetta, you can do like crazy stuff. So, right. So, um, like I said, I'm, I'm just in the first, like maybe half an hour to 45 minutes of the game. Um, well, you're playing the beta, you said. I mean, I'm the, sorry, de the demo. demo. Yes, the demo. Okay. So, but so far it's, it's pretty good. Like it is a very slow, nice pace story based game. It's cool. beautiful. It's gorgeous. It's actually fucking beautiful. Nice. I read a, I, I read a, I read a story on Kotaku about, or maybe it's somewhere else, but uh, how uh, one of the game's director or part creator, some Hideki Kamiya, said that uh, that game's race was going to help fix the Japanese birth rate. Is gonna like it is gonna like influence people to like I, stay home and like. I have did. Kids. I saw oh that article. My yeah. God. <laughs> Kotaku is wild they say they some have crazy, the crazy shit, shit dude that he said it in the interview so i mean i read it and i was like oh my god he did he did actually say that <laughs> jesus christ so um, yeah yeah man that's that's you're thinking about having kids go play that game yeah <laughs> i guess he thinks it puts you in the mood i don't know <laughs> right i guess so <laughs> jeez yeah all right um i've been playing fusion i started fusion finally let's go per your request rob um, i was gonna try it anyways but Mate. here i am and yeah, man, wait like again, night and day as far as playing Prime and then playing Fusion. I'm like, oh, this is this is cakewalk. This is like easy, man. No, it's not. It's not gonna it's not going to be. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, 
so far, man, I'm having a blast. I think it's a really great game. I think it's very, like you said, linear in that sense of like where I was playing Prime. It's like the more deeper you get into Prime, the more open the whole layout of that map is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so it just gets more complicated, more convoluted. Whereas this one is so far, I'm only like maybe an hour and a half in, two hours. Um, it feels like it's just telling me, hey, go here. Like you're just, just go here, dude. Like I'm telling you to go here. And I'm like, <laughs> all right, cool, man. Like, it's great. This is great. You're telling you like holding my hand. It's great. Um, but yeah, I'm having a great time with that. And then I actually wanted to try that Bayonetta game. So I was like, let me finish this. Cause I know this is like a really quick, uh, four hour game. And then I'm going to hop. I haven't gotten there yet. So I'm still going to try it. Cause you didn't sway me as far as like it being you try it try you experience. need to try it. I, I yeah you need to try it and like i said i don't know if i'll necessarily purchase it like right now i think i want to play bayonetta 3 first and mm. then go and play that game i think that's the order i want to do fair. it in. that's fair. So. that's cool i have zero um, experience with bayonetta so i think i need to to probably check all those out it seems mm. like to me so do you like devil may cry uh no experience with that like either but first, oh like punchline i do love i do love action rpgs though so i mean i would probably love devil may cry if i played it i just do you never, like platinum games uh very little experience with platinum games i've just okay. always there's been other things to play but okay. i thought what they did i was excited for they were gonna release Scalebound, but that got canceled oh i wanted that game that was so they're just like yeah you can have a dragon friend and i'm like Pfft. Sign I'm me sold. Up. <laughs> yeah, you don't need to sell me anymore. <laughs> um, yeah. Rob, go ahead. Sorry, Rob. I was gonna say I think the engine that they were using for Scalebound and like the models and stuff they ended mm -hmm. up using for Devil May Cry Five. I think. Interesting. I think. So. Oh, I, that's cool. think I think so because it's a Capcom game, right? I think it was. Right or was it Platinum? Oh, that's it was a Platinum, a platinum game. game. Platinum game. But then no, the guys right. were from Capcom. I think is how it went. So mm. something like that. But yeah, something yeah. Like I'm that. I'm I'm disappointed that game never came out because it looked so awesome when I saw. It. I was like, oh. there have been rumbling. Phil Spencer, man. He, he's, There's rumors he's like, that they're yeah, talking man. about it. Yeah. So cross my fingers. That would be a hell of a comeback story. Oh yeah. Um, Rob, I, we're going really into this, but this is great. I love this conversation that we're having so far. <laughs> yeah, but as far as the uh, what we did last week, right? Um, oh, right. We, we did a thing last week. We did a thing. We actually did a thing. So let's yeah. briefly talk about it. I don't want to go into too much detail because um, we've got some news to talk about. But uh, we went to CT Gamers Con, um, and I thought that was really cool. Nice. Rob, what did you think? Yeah, it was a great time. Uh, it was in Mohegan Sun in, I forget the name of the city, but it was in the Sun Connecticut city. In Connecticut. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. It was great. Uh, there was a lot of vendors, and uh, so there was a few personalities there. Um, our friend Brian Blackmore, if go watch his videos on TikTok and, TikTok and Instagram, uh, he is the CEO of Nostalgia. His videos are hilarious and awesome, and it'll make you feel all giddy inside so and old as hell. But uh, we interviewed him for a little bit. Um, we got uh, information about certain things about these vendors and how they became basically their vendors and what, what we saw a couple of really cool statues too. Like there was like yeah. a really dope st Samus Samus statue. statue. That was freaking insane. So close. Um, and I also picked up something. Oh, that's right. I picked you up show, You want to yeah, show, show the, the audience? I'm going to show, show and tell time. Let's see it. I love show and tell. Audio listeners, this is your chance to go on to youtube.com slash the gaming <laughs> right. uh, and check out this video. Hit, it, hit the like button. Maybe subscribe if you haven't already. Rob's going to show us something real quick. Look at this guy. Oh, madness. that is cool. Madness. Oh, oh that's a good What purchase. you got there, bud? What so you got I there? I picked up, you know how we were talking about Devil May Cry and I love Devil May Cry? Well, I picked up the uh, Rebellion Sword uh, from yeah. there. So, Rob, do you, question, do you love Devil May Cry? 
I, I don't know. <laughs> no, I, I hate Devil May Cry. I, I, I can't stand it. it sucks. It's my least favorite Jesus game. Jesus Christ. Um, but um, yes, I, yeah, I purchased dude. a sword. And, and, and uh, let me tell you, that's heavy. Cool. That is a very it's heavy hefty. sword. Yeah. Yeah, for how, sure. How tall is that, like, standing up? Uh, I'm like... It's about like right here. Well, that's pretty tall. Well, that's yeah, pretty yeah, tall. It's, 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 not, it's not small. It's <laughs> a yeah, boy. Really cool. Really cool. I had a great time. I think it was a great learning experience for us too because that was our first time interviewing um, a lot of people. And that was a really cool thing that we did there. Um, and it's just seeing, again, like just seeing Brian and, and, and seeing some other cool um, some another cool people as well like we, we saw some um cool stuff there I, I really did appreciate it and then we were a cameo in in brian's uh little yes. video as well yes. so go check that out too so that was pretty cool that's cool um yeah man all right so let's talk about the news that's why everyone's here they're not here for our <laughs> gamers bull crap right uh rapid fire news before we get into the major news here resident evil 4 remake is getting rave reviews will release this thursday rob you're getting that i'm getting that yep eric are you a resident evil fan uh, I'm not. I have literally no Resident Evil experience, but uh, the last few titles, you know, I've heard that Village is great. The RE2 remake has gotten rave reviews. So literally everything recently that's come out around Resident Evil has been really good. So oh yeah, I feel like it's only a matter of time, and I, I can very easily see myself picking up the RE4 remake when it comes out, especially if it comes on that Steam Deck. If it's on the Steam Deck, that's oh. an easy, easy pickup. So. Easy pickup, huh? Um, Cereza, Cereza and the Lost Demon has a demo out now, which Rob already stated. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm going to check that out before I actually buy the game. Yeah, that's a, check that's it a out, see delay. how you like it, and then purchase the game. So, And uh, Counter-Strike 2 was official. Uh, there were rumors <laughs> last week about it, um, and it's official now. So that's awesome. Unbelievable. And still of course, can't get Half-Life 3. And still can't get Half-Life 3. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> no, yeah, I can't no but we get Counter-Strike. Which... We get Counter-Strike. Um, Diablo 4 beta impressions. Uh, I want to talk about this a little bit. I am not a Diablo fan whatsoever. But Rob, I know you kind of like like to play games like that. So do you have anything to say about the impressions, the beta impressions? I know you've heard that. It's been generally positive. Yes. Um, does this sway you in a way? I don't think you've ever played Diablo games, but you're, you're kind of like interested now, right? I jumped into, I think, Diablo 3 way back when it came out and I played it for a little tiny bit. Um, I mm -hmm. played Diablo Immortal. Um, it's kind of like a dungeon crawler kind of kind of game. Um, okay. And I can definitely see why people have fun with it. Um, but I actually saw a picture of like an image of Diablo 3 compared to what Diablo 4 looks like. And it's like night and day. Like they mm. really, really did it justice. Well, this is a 10-year gap. Yes. Right? Like Diablo yeah. 3 came out 10 years ago. So this is quite some time. Right. And the only th the only thing I hear is that some of the classes are like way better than others. Like I hear barbarians mm. like, okay, the sorcerer is like OP and you can just, you just murk through people. Mm. Um, so they definitely have to do more of the balancing on the classes from what I heard. But overall, everyone was having a blast. And I think the launch was pretty smooth. They're like, I mean, obviously there were some long like queue times and stuff like that, but that's to be expected with games like this. So, right. Mm -hmm. right, right, right. Eric, what do you think? Yeah, I've been reading up on it a little bit. Uh, I played Diablo 3. I I would say I'm probably sitting in the shallow end of the Diablo pool. So I, I played the game a couple of times. I never dove into any of like the season grind or anything like that. Right. Uh, those people are very dedicated and insane. Um, but yeah, from what I've heard, uh, I've heard good things. And I think 
uh, as far as Blizzard goes, they, this is probably the best case scenario for them. They needed, they just they needed, needed this to go they well. Something. They need something. Need a win. Yeah, <laughs> they, they need to go well. With, yeah. here it is. You know, all the stuff that happened last year, now the Microsoft right. acquisition, and then right. just the, the specter of the disaster that was the Diablo 3 launch. I think we all still remember how awful that was. But right. yes. um, yeah, I, I've heard a lot of people have very genuine positive results. I, I watched about an hour of gameplay at work. It looks super cool. It looks like Diablo. Uh, so yeah, that's good enough for me. I don't know if I'll get it like right when it comes out, but I, I'll definitely will pick it up. And I think the biggest thing I hear people talking about is like, you know, it's not going to be like Diablo two. It's not going to be like Diablo three. It's going to be its own thing. Like there are obviously things that will feel like right. Diablo three or Diablo two, but like they're going for this more open kind of world concept where it's like, you're not just right. jumping into dungeons or rifts or all this stuff to like grind loot. Like all the challenges are like out in the world and they even have like a, a world boss that you can kind of stumble upon and there'll be like random events that kind of spawn. So really leaning into that kind of like open world online loot type of game that we've seen with like your destinies and, and stuff like that. So um, yeah, I, I've, like I said, uh, just ignoring everything that's around Blizzard and Activision right now, just looking at Diablo four by itself. I think this is is good for them, and I I, I like what I've seen. Awesome man, uh, Poogie also has some impressions of his own. He says most of the boss <clears throat> most of the boss fights I've encountered require some movement to get away from the boss attacks, but it only affected barbarians since sorcerers were ranged and so were rogues. Interesting, 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 yes. interesting. Yeah, man. Hey, I, Poogie. For the most part, positive things. I, I haven't heard anything really negative, um, and, and I think, like you said. This is like a W for them. They needed something, um, and it seems like they improved everything that Diablo three had issues with, and it just kind of made it better. Um, there was another one, Diablo Immortals, that came out on the mobile mm -hmm. aspect yeah. of things, and that was kind of like the in between between Diablo three and now four. And so they've also improved whatever Diablo Immortals had issues with. I, I'm not really entirely sure about what what it was. Microtransactions were really bad. Th yes, that's yeah, right. Yeah. You're right. 100. Those microtransactions were a bitch. I remember when it first came out, and so they've improved that vastly so overall great game and and from what i'm getting right everyone just wants more which is a good thing right that, that beta made people want to play more this weekend there's an open beta yeah, it'd be an open mm -hmm. beta this weekend yeah, yeah. So we'll will this it. get me into diablo will maybe, this get me into diablo? maybe i heard it's like the best entry point kind of like scared, an man. entry one so oh, why man. why are you scared of blizzard games why are you afraid <laughs> of I, 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 that's, that, you're right 100 i'm just scared of blizzard games i'm really scared of them i don't know why i just i just feel like there's like this this factor of like you're gonna get addicted like like you know what i mean like you're just gonna get addicted forever you addicted to overwatch no no i hate that game no i don't hate it i just i just can't get into it that's all yeah it's, um, it's just a different kind of game it's just it's just like not... more mmos is what i'm talking more like those right, type right. of games of like you mm -hmm. know you have to put in 50 hours of this game and, and you're just like in a world that you just can't escape that's how i feel like it is but i've heard horror stories you know i've heard people that like lose their jobs and like their family no, and kids and no, because they just like no, that doesn't sold their soul to, to that game. doesn't happen come on what is the world craft exactly Puji? that's like another example that's another scary game that i do you know I, a I single person that's lost their job because of world warcraft you know a single person not personally, no, but I've seen, See? I've seen, seen articles, exactly. man. All right. Mm -hmm. You've seen articles. Okay, okay, okay. Who's <laughs> number one here, folks? Let's get into the news here. Spider-Man 2 releasing in September and going to have a massive ad campaign. I am super freaking stoked for this. I think this might be my favorite game right now for this year. I'm, I'm super like excited for this game. And so, yeah, this is going to be cool. Uh, Tony Todd, who is a voice actor for Venom, in the upcoming Spider-Man 2 game, tweeted on March 21st, quote, 
Looks like September. Massively public massive publicity coming in August. Commercials start dropping in August, so I'm told. Hold on to your dot 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 and hold breath. Gonna be necessary. End quote. Mm -hmm. Um so he was responding to um a fan. Um I don't know what the fan said, but he just started just vomiting like information here for <laughs> do you think he was hammered do you think he was hammered or something he just, he just like probably came he's like breaching nda stuff right now so i'm just like dude what are you doing um and, and then he like retweeted his shit like he just like retweeted um yeah man so that that is crazy and then on top of that we're told that um we're also going to be expecting a detachable disk drive for a ps5 um so is that going to be another skew? Is that going to be just an update for the PS5? Like we don't know. No idea. Looks like September is going to be a massive, uh, massive month for for the PS5 and for Sony. So this is interesting. What do you guys think? What do you guys think of one Todd just like throwing out information out there like nothing? And what do you think about this release of Spider Man Two coming out in September? I want to put like a little link here. Um, do you remember way back when uh, like the Avengers were coming out? I think it was either the Avengers or, and what's his name? The guy that plays Spider-Man. Ah, uh, what's his name? Hmm. The actor. The voice actor? Uh, Tom Holland. No, Tom no, Holland. like oh, the actual, Tom actual. Oh, okay, yeah, that's Tom He Holland. like spoiled okay. something for everyone. Like he like gave out the release <laughs> yeah. day or something He's like that. For, yeah, yeah. 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 So the fact that like us in the Spider, like this in Spider-Man universe, now the Venom for the Spider-Man game now also ruined something. I think it's kind of funny that like <laughs> People just like to ruin Spider-Man stuff. Yeah, for right. sure. Eric, yeah, what do you I'm, think? I'm I'm excited for it. That uh, man, July is Final Fantasy 16, and then September is going to be Spider-Man. So big, big couple of months oh for Sony goodness. coming up. Uh, July yeah. Final Fantasy 16, or that was uh, June. June. It was June. You're right. June. June. Sorry. Yeah. Um, it's going to oh be April gosh. soon. Wow. Uh, crazy. Yeah, dude. But yeah, I uh, I didn't play Miles Morales, but I did play the original Spider-Man. Uh, I thought it was fantastic uh my favorite take if there's more great web slinging i'm down that was my favorite part of the game was just slinging around uh, all oh, the yeah. city and then I, I i can't blame the guy i mean honestly if i was the guy who played venom and i was in this hype project i would want to talk about it too and yeah if i had a couple beers i'd probably just be on twitter talking to fans be like yeah this is gonna be awesome <laughs> coming in september yeah, you know, man. gotta get a call from Daddy Jim Ryan after that, but you know it'll be it'll be alright. <laughs> he gives so. you a slap on the wrist. He's like, yeah, yeah that's, that's, yeah, that's it, that's it. Yeah, like, we're gonna we're gonna like dock one of your paychecks or something, but it's hey, yeah. it, it's fine. But yeah, I I am. This year is turning into a ridiculous year, so I'll I'm cautiously optimistic now whenever i hear an initial release date i'm just like my automatic response is it's not going to hit that release date so mm -hmm. i never get my hopes up but i i guess we'll see uh i guess right. we'll look for a blitz of marketing campaigns in august this makes sense i mean we we were told by insomniac themselves that hey spider-man 2 is coming out in the fall of this year mm -hmm. so cool this matches with what you know uh what's his name uh todd T uh, tony todd says right this this kind of lines up with everything that they're saying and so I, I i believe what he said i believe that this is going to be a massive campaign come august and that game is coming out in september which is really dope like again like this is one of the most anticipated games out there right now and for them to come in for them to have it come out in september it's going to be a massive 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 game for sony um and again one of my favorite games because you said you played the first one i, I really would encourage you to play Miles Morales because that is another game. It's a very short ex experience, right? M much shorter than the, the original Spider-Man, but it just improves on the uh, Spider-Man PS5 that much more. Like, I just feel like Excellent. it does so many I've things. heard good things, so it's on my list. PS4. Sorry, it came out on PS4. Um, 
But yeah, man, I can't wait. This is this is I'm stoked for this, and I love. I, I I'm just interested to see how Spider Man Two comes out because the the the, the dynamic between Miles Morales and uh, and and then Peter Parker, and then having Venom on top of that, mm-hmm. like I I want to see what they do with that. Are they gonna have it so that you're playing Peter and then Miles at certain points? Or are you gonna switch off between? Are you gonna have a, a part? Or is it gonna be? I mean, they won't do this, right? But is it gonna be like a, a co-op aspect to it? They won't. Co-op would be imagine? amazing. Can you imagine That'd be if so you play cool. co-op? Like, we don't. There's so many things that they can do, and I and I know whatever they do, they're gonna nail it because it's it's Insomniac and they know what they're doing. But I'm just just I can't wait for this game. I really can't. I have a question for both of you. Mm. Do you think Spider-Man Two is going to be the best-selling PS5 game to date? To date. Yeah, like when that thing releases, <clears throat> will will it become the 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 top PS5 game, like units sold. Hmm. Will it be Final Fantasy 16? Will it be, um, what was the big one? Ratchet and Clank. Probably Ratchet and Clank is probably pretty big. Oh, God of War 2. I'm sorry. God of War. God of War 2 is probably Ragnarok the number one right now? I I think it is. I would believe so. Do you think it's going to beat that? So I checked the sales units for God of War Ragnarok today, and I think the latest one was 12 million units, which is, that's pretty good. Um, I could... How many is 12 million? Oh, wow. Which is which is pretty good. Um, And then I checked the game that uh, released around the same time Pokemon, and that's already over 20 million units. So Nintendo just on another playing field. But that's besides the point. Yeah, Uh, but uh, I it possibly could be. I feel like Spider-Man just has more general appeal than Kratos. So my gut instinct is it probably could be. Uh, I I can see that, man. I I would just have to see like. The same problem I had with, not that I had any problems with Ragnarok, but like the first God of War set such a high bar. The first Spider-Man mm-hmm. set such a high bar. Right. Is there any way that the second one, even with Venom, can live up to those expectations? So that's that'll be the main question, because if, if it's anything that people seem to think that every game needs to like reinvent the wheel. Um, right. People were expecting God of War Ragnarok to be like this massive leap forward when it was just it was more God of War. Yeah. which is fine i'm i'm fine with that give me more god of war uh not every game has to do that uh, honestly if you're gonna give me more spider-man to play i won't complain <laughs> yeah this is interesting this is an interesting question because rob when we spoke about ragnarok coming out we had that conversation that discussion of like i don't think it's gonna do as well as the first one mm-hmm. not because it's it's gonna tank or anything like that but because like eric said the bar was so high for God of War 2018 that it's impossible for them to like really get, and, and I'm talking about like just uh, reviews scale wise, right? Like yeah. 10 out of 10, 9 out of 10. Like I don't see them getting any higher than what 2018 did. I can see the difference in Miles Morales and, and um, the you. Spider-Man 2. I can see that completely different. I see that because there's so many ways to it's a huge IP first of all Spider-Man is a massive IP for Marvel and then right. Sony having that with Insomniac attached to it there's so many things that they can do with that with that title with that IP I, I feel like they're just beginning they're just starting to like really open up of like how massive and how crazy they can really do Spider-Man games and Miles Morales was a taste of all that too because they improved a lot of things but also they, they kind of kept the nice and tight right but mm-hmm. this one is going to be more of a continuation of the ps4 one spider-man and i think they're just going to go all out man and i and i see this one being so much more better in, in, in every type of aspect than 
the uh, original Spider-Man. Um, so I'm excited for that. That's that's what I'm really expecting. I'm um, going back to the sales though. Um, from Ju- as of June third, twenty twenty two. This is from Gamespot. Marvel Spider-Man PlayStation sales reached thirty three million as of May. Wow. So that's a lot. Is that just on? Know is that, that just on PlayStation? Uh, blah, 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 blah. Is that just on PlayStation? Okay, or is that is, Steam now, right? Is yeah. that yeah? Is it also encompassing Steam sales for that game? I mean, I have to imagine this one will eventually come to Steam as well. It seems to be PlayStation strategy does involve PC. Like I would expect Ragnarok to come to PC as well. Yeah, it just will take eight years. Yeah, like a, a year. <laughs> or two, yeah, it'll take so. it'll take forever for them. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, man, I'm I'm excited. Any any other final thoughts uh, about this before we move on? No, I, we're good. This is one of the ones I'm most optimistic about this year. For sure. I can't wait. Mm-hmm. Can't wait. Um, let's move on to news number two here. Sony has sufficient time to develop Call of Duty alternatives, says Microsoft. This is really interesting. Basically, if you guys want, you guys can go out to like purexbox.com and read the full article. Article, But to bring it down a little bit, basically, Microsoft thinks that this period of time should be more than enough time for Sony to develop a like AAA budget first-person shooter Call of Duty killer, I guess, right? Um, the company has argued that the practical effects of the remedy will actually go beyond 10 years. So basically, Microsoft's like, listen, you guys are fighting us for this. You guys can make your own, like, Call of Duty. Like, don't worry about what we're doing right now. You guys can make your own Call of Duty to fight against what we're doing right now if you're, you know, if you're trying to compete with us. And so interesting take on it, right? Like, what do you guys think about this? Like, this whole back and forth of Sony and Microsoft, like, Microsoft, you know, trying to acquire everything, Sony trying to, like, hold that and, and and stop them from acquiring one of the biggest games of all time what do you guys think about this yeah i think uh i think this is pretty much saying that microsoft is not gonna give call of duty to sony i think they're like it's ours sorry that's our exclusive mm-hmm. like people are gonna come to xbox for it you figure your shit out like you have bungie like you could i, I believe in you guys like you could do it that's true. which yeah. to be honest i think it's fair I think it's fair. What do you think, Eric? Uh, you mess. know, <laughs> I've been I've been thinking about this whole Activision Xbox Sony thing for a long time, and honestly, I don't know how to feel. Like, I don't know if I should feel bad that corporations are fighting and mad at each other. I really don't feel bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me personally, my allegiance isn't really tied to one console or the other. I'm playing games. I'll eventually own an Xbox and a PlayStation. Uh, I'm playing most of my stuff on Steam now because of the Steam Deck anyways. So, but uh, yeah, I just, I, I honestly don't know how this is going to play out. There are some days where I wake up and be like, this is going to happen because bigger mergers have happened uh, in the last 10 years than this. Right. And there are some yeah. days I wake up where it's like, I don't think this is going to happen. Yeah, I think that it is within Sony's capability to develop a Call of Duty competitor uh to establish the same brand name and kind of brand meaning that call of duty has that would take some time it would take something uh phenomenal but you know like you guys said they have bungie now uh, they have the studios to be able to do that it's certainly possible um i mean just my general thoughts on this thing overall is i can understand why sony is sweating obviously this is, this is a huge deal and if i was sony i would look for any way to be able to prevent this from happening, which is obviously what sure. they've done. Um, one thing that people don't seem to take into account when we talk about, and again, I, I, I 
don't really buy into the whole console war thing, Xbox versus PlayStation. I just think that, you know, don't pick sides with corporations. They're not your friend. Uh, you know, down with down with capitalism. I'm, well, anyways, uh, <laughs> but, you know, some people something that people don't consider is that Xbox is part of Microsoft and Microsoft is in the business of computers. As long as consoles continue to shift towards being identical to computers, that's going to favor Microsoft. They have the cloud servers, they have AI that they're investing in, they have all this other stuff that they're investing in, and they have the money to invest in because Windows is the most used operating system on the planet. Uh, Office is the most used suite of Microsoft's things on the planet. Microsoft has basically unlimited money to be able to throw at things, and Sony doesn't necessarily have that. Microsoft has the infrastructure to be able to do things like Game Pass and streaming games and stuff that Sony has to play catch up on. So mm-hmm. it makes sense to me that Sony wants to prevent any kind of competitive advantage that Microsoft could have because Microsoft has the ultimate competitive advantage. They have money. Money. And exactly. um, that's just kind of how I feel about it. It, it. Like at the end of the day, I don't know. It's going to be whoever can lobby the government the hardest because that's how you play. That's how you play the game in, in late stage capitalism. So, yeah, right. Basically. Um, yeah, I just I don't know. I don't know how this is going to end. It's it's been entertaining to 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 cool. see for sure. And I think we as podcasters and people in the game community uh, get a relatively rare sneak peek into a kind of a secretive industry that we don't get a lot of insight to. It's been very, very cool to see that. I think that ultimately benefits all of us for sure. <laughs> oh, for sure. I think that's what I like the most about it. Again, I, I always say I love to be that fly on the wall and just like corporate decisions and corporate like mm-hmm. um, and like anything like that. I just feel like that'd be really cool to see. But as far as like the decision making, right? This doesn't like Sony can't make this decision. Microsoft can't make the decision. Ultimately, it's up to the commission, the mm-hmm. European commission or whatever to like make that decision right and and they're and both sides both parties are trying to put in as much um uh you know information and, and as much like leeway as far as like hey this shouldn't happen hey this should happen and whoever wins wins but regardless of that it doesn't does it really affect us does it really affect the gamers because ultimately if you want to play call of duty you're going to find a way to do it right you're going to mm-hmm. like if you're a call of duty fan you're going to just play the game, right? You're going to go to Game Pass. You're going to go whatever, wherever Call of Duty goes. I feel like fans will go with it, right? I would have to think so. Uh, I mean, it's just, it's just got that, that power. I, I'm not a Call of Duty player anymore just because I can't. Same. I just, I, I can't. I, I did that for like 10 years. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't want to get yelled at by younger people anymore. I just, I don't want to. Right. But, uh, you know, you can't argue that Call of Duty is not a really important video game franchise. And, right. Yeah, whoever would have the keys to that would have a competitive advantage. It's just, yeah, what are the governments going to the The deadline's coming up soon. It's deadline's in June, isn't it? I believe. I believe so, in June. So we're running out of time. Uh, and it's, Listen, I'm perfectly happy to sit back and with my bag of popcorn and just watch it all unfold just watch it all unfold yeah, yeah. just like let it let them do their thing and so. and then binge uh binge worthy gaming here shout out to binge he says in the chat sony has the opportunity to capitalize on call of duty fatigue which a hundred percent like i agree with that like i think sony i i agree with microsoft in a sense right microsoft is saying to sony hey you can make your own like game that competes with call of duty do you yeah. want to shell out that much money and again like you said like microsoft has unlimited money that they, they can do this all day if they want you know mm-hmm. what i mean they can acquire companies all day until sony has nothing in the bank and so 
Sony for them to like really build this empire of, of a AAA game that you know they want to compete with Microsoft. It's like that's gonna take years. That's gonna that's not gonna be an overnight thing. They have Destiny, like you said, Rob. They got ten years. And, and yeah, Destiny, I forgot they had that too. Yeah, they do have. But that. it's like <laughs> it's like Destiny is its own thing. It's like a kind of like an MMO. It's like different than Call of it's, Duty. It's different. Yeah, that's like the multiplayer it's, essential multiplayer. Yeah, shooter. so yeah. they they need something that is like a direct competitor to Call of Duty. If this, um, if 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 this whole thing actually turns out to be more on Microsoft's favor, but. I don't foresee them doing that. I don't foresee them putting in unless they have one of their AAA studios, right? To like really like sit down and tell them like, "Hey, man, we we need a tr- big budget AAA title. Let's work on that. Like, let's put some money into this, right?" I, I don't foresee them doing that. So I don't know where it's gonna go. But again, like you said, we're just the consumers here. We're just the gamers, and wherever that takes us, I don't think it's gonna be a negative thing for us. I think it's just gonna be a shift and where the gaming industry is going to be in like five, 10 years, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. If it wasn't Xbox, I feel like it would be somebody else trying to acquire Blizzard, whether that was like whatever the fund Saudi Arabia is doing, whether it's Embracer, (laughs) like whoever, somebody would be trying to do this. And Mm -hmm. no, just we have to be Microsoft, although they kind of took advantage of a crappy situation. But hey, for sure. That's uh, another that's topic a different entirely. story. <laughs> <laughs> uh, news number three here. Final Fantasy 16. We get some new gameplay. Not the gameplay that you expect, but it is some gameplay nonetheless. Um, Rob, I don't know if you want to pull these up here, but very small clips of new information for Final Fantasy 16. Obviously, people are foaming off them out because it's something that's really exciting. And they're like, you know what? More Final Fantasy content? Give it to me, right? And so Final Fantasy 16, we're going to get uh, coming out in June. But now we have like these weird clips of Clyde like shimming through walls and stuff which I mean cool (laughs) I guess it kind of like highlights more of the battle system but also the music in the game as well but then there's like one certain video this one that Rob's pulling up right now the battle system which is really cool probably the coolest trailer that they have right now Um, and again you can definitely see the Final Fantasy uh, DNA in it right Mm -hmm. I'm sorry the uh, Devil May Cry DNA in it absolutely Um, ow look at that it looks literally like wait. taken completely wait. from Look my boy Tom which is great oh looks so fantastic. good it looks so good dude but then my question and i'm not trying to shit on the game but the the whole shimming shimming through like walls right why is that a thing and don't get me wrong i'm not trying to like really talk shit about the game but when yoshida is is discussing this game it's like hey like we're trying to like put in as much power as we can for the from the ps5 like we're trying to like really use and, and hone down on the ps5's capabilities and use this as like the powerhouse that the ps5 is why are we still why are we still seeing these like shimmy sequences to like load different aspects of the game like <laughs> it's not a big deal but it's also like something i've just like always questioned right i think i gotta put something in there i mean there's gonna be some type of loading screen somehow somewhere they gotta they gotta load the assets like it's not gonna be just like perfect instant why you not? know the graphics I, I because it's just not we're we're just not there yet but they do a damn good job of hiding it you know you know because you know but to little johnny that's just playing final fantasy 16 or to the average game you know they're going through that little crawling sequence being like itch i'm just shimmering through a wall like i don't mm-hmm. know any better so i think it's just your knowledge of it is like you're like i know what's go- i know what you're doing i know what you're doing so it's just been done for so long now right i remember this like even from 
I don't know if this was like the first game to do it, but like I remember Tomb Raider games, like the 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 remade uh, Tomb Tomb Raider games. They kind of play that out to the most, right? And I feel like God of War is another perfect example mm-hmm. that they just consistently did that. It's fine; it's not a big deal, but it's just funny that like, you can't figure out another way to like load. Like you can't crawl instead of like shimmy through. It's like always just a <laughs> shimmy that you have to do. Just it's just funny. I don't know. I'm just I'm just like really poking at the game, but I think. Regardless, it looks phenomenal, beautiful. Everything about it looks just up my alley, up Rob's alley. Eric, what do you think? Look at that shimmy, by the way. Look at that shimmy. That's, 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 that's a fast shimmy, though. I will say that's a good shimmy. Fast shimmy. 4K shimmy if I've ever seen one. <laughs> yeah, Fantastic. But uh, yeah, I think I just think Final Fantasy fans are determined to be unhappy. Uh, <laughs> to me, the shimmy, yeah, a lot of games do it now. But man, I just ask myself do we not remember it wasn't that long ago where we did have pretty long loading screens i mean i played destiny for a healthy five years and i sat in the oh ship my goodness flying to the planet take like four oh, minutes i forgot to fly to the about planet. that dude that like sucks. i sat there through that so to me this is fantastic i, I yeah. love this it's so it's like seamless now i don't have to deal with that uh i played final fantasy 15 when it first came out and those loading screens were like four minutes long just yep, a loading screen that's right. Um, I forgot about that. Yeah. And then the loading screens in Skyrim where you could play with the thing and rotate it around. Like I, I so listen, the shimmy I'll is, take this. Yeah, I'll, I will. I'll take this. This is the old man in me coming out. It's like you damn kids don't know how good you have, have it. it. Yeah. Uh, we used to have to blow on the Nintendo cartridge and spend 10 minutes getting the game to work before it even plays. So Do you remember PlayStation one games where yes. you would put them in <laughs> and then you would pray to whatever deity that like. Is it going to work? Right. Is it going to work? Like, I hope. That, uh, and then, yeah. God forbid you have like a little bit of dust or like a tiny scratch on that disc because you're you're after you're, you're sitting screwed. there. You're just That's sitting it. there um, just on the PlayStation symbol. Like, you know, just like, OK, it's been two solid minutes. State drives. But uh, yeah, yeah, no, I think, you know, this game has ignited this discussion about, you know, when we got like the 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 combat trailer or seeing like the, the combat with Tongle or, or, or the shimmy and stuff people like oh god of war like this isn't final fantasy it's like we've been going this direction with final fantasy for a long time each subsequent game that's come out since 10 and since kingdom hearts has gone this direction so i swear to god if i see kingdom hearts 4 and and sora shimmy through a wall (laughs) i'm gonna flip no, you're not. You're gonna love that shimmy. Oh, you're gonna love it. You're gonna no. It'll be a no more ass shimmy. That's for sure. Um, right. But it, it's just we've been going this direction for a long time. Like this is what it's gonna be now. And interviews with directors directors are right. It's like kids don't uh, new fans don't want to be have turn based combat anymore. Um, there are plenty of great games that have that style. Octopath Traveler two yes. just came out. That yes. game looks great. Um, Chained Echoes is one that came out in December. Yes. That's an, a fantastic old school jrpg style so this is just what it is i'm i'm personally super hyped for this game having uh recently played stranger of paradise and i unironically love that game it's incredible can Uh, i can i can i ask you a question yes please go for it it's it's gonna be something how do you feel about the word chaos Uh, it gets me excited. It gives me life. It gives me. <laughs> I'm so excited. Like Jack's probably like one of my top three uh, video game protagonists ever. He just he doesn't care. He doesn't have time for anything. He just he wants to get to. K- I respect a man that has a very got a mission. Yeah. He has a mission, man. Yeah, he doesn't got time for monologuing villains. He ain't got time for like the sappy stuff his 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 party members are trying to give him. He just he knows what he wants to do and he goes out and does it. It's very motivational. I but, love that uh, the game's a meme. I love that the game's a meme. <laughs> 
it's a meme and unironically very fun. So um, if you can't pick it up on a sale, anybody it's listening, just it's Try worth it. it. It's worth okay. it. All right. Um, but yeah, this the shimmy. Like none of this can. Uh, I I already see the the hullabaloo about this when it comes out about how. Uh, like to me, it looks sweet, and though I forget the guy's name, but I know he worked on uh, Devil May Cry Five, so I see the identity there. It looks super cool. I'm hyped for this game. I'm just messing with you guys. I I don't care. It, it's just funny when I see it. It just always brings you know, me back to God of War. Out of all the things we, out of all the things we're arguing about, shimmying, shimmying through it's a wall. <laughs> like yeah. no, like come on. The game <laughs> looks crazy good. I can't really. I honestly like. I I haven't been excited for a Final Fantasy game in a while, even. With Final Fantasy VII remake coming out, like came mm-hmm. that came out already. That's gonna like, get yeah, it was great. By the way, but, rebirth. Yeah, that's gonna get. That's gonna get. That's gonna get. But like, I'm really excited for this just because of the 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 tone that it has, like this like dark aspect to it. Um, Clive is dope. I, I just feel like everything about this game is like right up my alley, and the fighting mechanics. Again, you you put in Devil May Cry uh, DNA into that, and I'm just like, yeah, man, this is this is genius, a genius yeah. move to do. Mm-hmm. So, June. 20 i know it's past my birthday like june 23rd or something like something that, like that. Yeah, yeah yeah i think i'm gonna beat this know. game in like a week maybe oh, yeah. Right now. yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah it's done it's done i'm so gonna, gonna crack those up. two months you have zelda on the the 12th and then yeah. final fantasy a month later is gonna be stressful <laughs> it's gonna oh be so God. stressful yeah it, the, these these controllers like the switch is gonna be surgically attached to my hands right <laughs> zelda and then same thing with final fantasy so fun times well for those that don't know we're gonna go to pax this weekend saturday pax nice. east and so I'm really excited because I just saw a panel saying that Final Fantasy 16 is going, or there's going to be a panel there for Final Fantasy 16. That's dope. Saturday, March 25th, right? It's going to be at 2 p.m., Rob. Can we make that? Can we do that? Are we able to do this? Yeah, we're going. Yeah, That's why not? Why would we? Yeah, yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. I didn't know this. Did you? Did you know about this I panel? had no idea, we're, but we're going to this panel, and it's going to be going <laughs> it's like, out, it's right? Now. <laughs> it's going to be producer um, Naoki Yoshida and yep. localization director Michael Christopher Koji. And Koji Fox. Is it Michael Christopher Koji Fox? Is, yes. Yep. Yes. It's you got name. Nailed it. You nailed Yoshida it. himself is going to be there. That's, yeah. that's super cool. He either he might is going to be there or he'll be or on like, like the video. Screen. Oh, yeah. yeah. They, they've yeah. done that. Yeah, that makes times. sense. Yeah. 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 That's that's yeah super I think cool. that's it exactly. Yeah. I'm excited, man. Oh, that makes me even more excited for PAX just because. Let's do it, man. We're, we're just, doing so much in PAX as far as like interviewing developers and, and, and just like going into different panels too. Like, it's gonna be a heavy, heavy day. It's gonna be a crazy yeah. We're gonna be day. exhausted, but it's gonna be good. It's gonna be good. It's gonna be a lot of content. So stay tuned for that, dude. Um, guys, that ends the news for this week. Let's get into in-game chat. Uh, Eric, the time has come. <laughs> this is a time where we've been waiting for. What I've been uh, waiting for. Let's just talk about Kingdom Hearts, man. This is this is why we brought you on the podcast, Loki. You know what I mean? Like we just wanted to. Find a reason to talk about Kingdom Hearts and why not, right? None other than Eric to talk about Kingdom Hearts here. <laughs> so I don't know how to interweave this, but like, let's talk about. I mean, we, we kind of discussed a little bit about how you you've done like this mini series within your podcast, right? The uh, Kingdom Hearts series, and I thought it's incredible. By the way, I thought the how much detail you put into it is phenomenal. And like I said, I think you know, out of camera, we're like. I don't think I could do that. I, I love Kingdom Hearts and all, but I don't think I have the time, the desire, or just like the knowledge that you have to like really go into detail about Kingdom Hearts and the way you kind of laid everything out within those series is just it's so practical, it's so nice and clean. 
Simple and clean. Simple and clean. Oh, yeah. look at that. You did, it. you did it. Um, it's just it's just nice, dude. I loved how you did that. And Rob and I were like listening to it on our way to the uh CT Gamers Con, and we were just like, Yeah, man, this guy, he he knows what he's talking about. So kudos <laughs> to you for doing that. Thank um, you. but tell us a little bit about that. Like what inspired you to do that? Obviously, your love for Kingdom Hearts, but why Kingdom Hearts? Why did you decide, hey, I'm just going to just full blown geek out about Kingdom Hearts from yeah, why that game? The very beginning. Why that game? Yeah. So, anybody that listens to my show and just kind of people in the general community know that those games, uh, in particular, Kingdom Hearts two, but the the franchise as a whole means a lot to me for for reasons that I can't really explain. I just I love it. It's got a lot of nostalgia attached to it. It's Disney and Final Fantasy is two of my favorite things. Um, even like the cheesiness of it. I, I just I love everything about it. And it's been. I think more than than any other game, it's it's a game that I have the most experience, the most kind of knowledge, the most uh, time played across probably the span of my my entire life. And I I've always wanted to to kind of revisit the series since concluding Kingdom Hearts three in 2019. Okay. Um, 2019 was an interesting year, you know, that almost seems like a lifetime ago, considering yes. pre COVID times and stuff. But um, a, a lot of stuff for me personally that had was wrapping up in 2019 that I've been following for a really long time. Uh, Avengers Endgame came out. I had, you know, followed the MCU since its start with Iron Man one mm -hmm. uh, Game of Thrones was wrapping up. I, you know, despite how awful that last season is, I had followed Game of Thrones since the start and then Kingdom Hearts three came out. So really like three kind of major things in my life that I had been following and engaging with for the better part of a decade or almost two decades came to kind of wrapped up there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so I decided when I finished Kingdom Hearts three that, you know, I had felt satisfied with the way it wrapped up. And, you know, the, the conversation about Kingdom Hearts three specifically is one for another time, because there are, are things that game as well, things that they definitely missed. Um, I haven't actually played the, the Remind DLC, so there's stuff that I don't actually know about that could have been resolved in that. Really? Okay. Yes. So um, when I finished three, I just I kind of walked away from the series and I was like, I'm done. Uh, I'm happy with the way this turned out. You know, this this story is fantastic. And, you know, I, I hadn't played any of those games for about three years until I started playing them again last year for the show. And uh, I was in I'm in such a different po point in my life now where I'm married. I have a, a home. I kind of have a life established to whereas when I finished Kingdom Hearts 3, I didn't have any of that stuff. So I wanted to go back and replay those and just kind of see if I felt any differently mm -hmm. uh, about this. And, you know, quickly discovered that my love for that still burns really strong. And now. I'm trying to just, especially now being in the podcast scene and, you know, one of the things I talk to a lot of my friends about is games that I love and we talk about Final Fantasy and, and the, the the refrain I kept hearing was like, yeah, but Kingdom Hearts is nuts and it's it's so hard and it's so complicated and the story is just insane and, and stupid and I kind of just wanted to uh, use that as an excuse to go back and play all the games and I was like, well, if I'm going to play all the games back to back, which I've never sat down and played the entire front franchise back to back to back. I was like, I might as well see if I can try and make sense of the story and make it to where it's like approachable and people can listen to it and understand how all the threads kind of connect. Because if you're on the outside looking in, the series is very overwhelming. Even on the inside, it's very overwhelming. There's a lot of names, proper nouns. There's a lot of people being multiple people. There's a lot of Final Fantasy, Nomura BS in there. But when you take the time to kind of look at it and when you've worshipped at the altar of Tetsuya Nomura, as long as I have, you kind of start to see the matrix and see how things connect. And I, I really wanted to just 
explore that from a content standpoint. And I was like, if there's anything that I know I can make really well and, and approach from a place of confidence, it's something on this series of games. And yeah, I just started playing them and recording and I, I'm still kind of tweaking up the way those mm -hmm. episodes are and trying to figure out if I can make them more concise or if they're better off just being long and super inclusive. Uh, just still trying to figure that stuff out. But it's been super cool to revisit something that means so much to me and, and kind of put all that stuff together and playing all those back to back and realizing that this man Nomura is an insane person, but he has this story and these ideas that he laid out even 20 years ago that are even now 20 years later are kind of coming to fruition. So that's kind of been the story behind that. And it's been super cool. I was fully convinced that if they ever did a Kingdom Hearts 4, I was just going to walk away from the series and be like, I'm done. But after seeing the trailer and starting the, the guiding keys out, they pulled me back in. Yourself. They pulled me back in. So <laughs> when he's running, when it's or he's running to the heart, when he's running to the, what's it? Uh, dark, is it not dark side? Uh, what's the big heartless name? I forget. His yeah, name. I know what you're talking. The big old shit. It's dark side, uh, maybe. Yeah, that sounds yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, yeah. When, like, when, when he's laying in the in the couch, man, that's where you, you you got me there. You oh yeah, yeah. He's just sleeping. He's just yeah, yeah. He's just like, like I was just like, oh god, here we go again. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Go for it, Rob. I was just gonna say, it, it's funny that you kind of pick the perfect game to kind of go in depth with that with that uh with the series you have. I would, you guys can argue with this, but I would say the entry point to Kingdom Hearts is probably one of, if not the hardest entry point story-wise in gaming. If you, if you take, like, what do you think is harder? Like Metal Gear, maybe? Metal Gear is pretty, can get, can I get would pretty put tough. Metal Gear, Kojima's no, but Metal, in his own category. <laughs> but, but, but Metal Gear kind of makes sense because it's, it's somewhat realistic kind of like compared to, to Kingdom Hearts, but mm -hmm. Kingdom Hearts is just so like out there and things are like, well, there's this thing, but this person is actually three people and they all <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like they look exactly yeah. the same, but they're completely different people. And, right. but this person's actually a part of this person, but the other person kind of birthed him. And it was really weird, but it like worked out. And he's like, it's just so messed up and like trying to explain kingdom hearts to like your parents or like grandparents or something they would look at you like what the hell what are the you talking you about what are you kids doing <laughs> yeah exactly like middle gear you can kind you can kind of make sense of it you're like okay this talks about the government and big mechs trying to destroy everybody and stuff like right. that and there's some thriller aspects of it. but kingdom hearts makes literally no sense to someone who doesn't know they're just like it's what do you yeah so, i think i i would argue like you said, entry point. I think Kingdom Hearts 1 is a perfect entry point for people that, you know, that want to get into Kingdom Hearts because it is not that complicated in the grand scheme of things. I mean, yes, it is It is somewhat complicated, but if you kind of layer it, if you kind of peel some of the layers, it's really not that complicated. Now, it gets really complicated with Part 2. Once it gets Part 2 and beyond, you're like, all right, I don't know what the <laughs> fuck's going on. Kingdom Hearts 1 is a good entry point to just kind of safely play the game and then just step away if you want to. Yeah, I mean, would, I would, would you I agree, would, Eric? Or? I would agree. It's easier now because, and I know the meme where it's like, oh, they've released the Kingdom Hearts games like 47 times, like Skyrim. And it's like, yeah, they didn't really do themselves any service by putting these games all over on DS and, and yeah, PSP and all this stuff like that. That was a worse not, decision. Yeah, not They're a great not, idea. Not financially, but I don't no, know. No, not financially, but for... <laughs> ease of access yeah awful. yes yeah. um anybody that's anybody that's younger that's coming to the games like brand new wanting to start kingdom hearts <laughs> one uh 
coming from like i'm talking like gen z anybody that's grown up in like the 360 that like the 360 years on was like their first console uh probably isn't gonna enjoy the first two games that much because they're a little bit clunky and then chain of memories is just its own weird thing Mm -hmm. but um no that that's the whole point i'm trying to make is up until like through kingdom hearts 2 the story is pretty palatable and even it's been argued too, like self-contained like kingdom hearts 1 chain of memories and kingdom hearts 2 is like a perfect exactly. trilogy. The way two ends, it wraps yes. up like everything in the story yeah. is like so yes. beautifully. 100%. And then Nomura is like, okay, now we go to the crazy stuff. Uh, Bring it which, birth by sleep. Yes, <laughs> which is where the story like <laughs> actually begins. Um, and then don't even get me started on the mobile game shit because that, that's oh, like, like the I've, the I've union stuff. Oh no, that's yeah, a wormhole, that's, dude. That's, that's another whole thing. Um, yeah. No, oh no, that's a disaster. Whoever thought to put like the most lore critical stuff in a mobile game. <laughs> It's not not a great idea. That's like it's like a sick joke. It's a yeah, it's a sick joke. It's just like you you (laughs) because I already have you hooked. You want you need to know this stuff. So like now you're gonna go play. That stuff's the most critical stuff, and it's in a mobile game. It's stupid, Mm -hmm. but anyways, um, but it's not it's not as overwhelming to approach as like anything else. I would say, lore wise, you know, maybe from soft games are tougher because they just don't give you anything to go off of. You're just some knight in a medieval land getting your ass handed to you over and over, and but. After combing through forty hours of item descriptions, I'm able to piece the story together. That might be a little more. <laughs> that is true. Yeah, I don't know good. if anybody's playing, you know, those games for lore. Although some people make some sick lore videos on that stuff, but they do. Um, it's it's never been easier. I've been arguing for like a remake of Kingdom Hearts one for a long time, like a more modern version. I think that'd be super Ooh. cool. But uh, I that's the whole point of I'm trying to make the story is like. If you take it like one chunk at a time and not don't just go into it and be overwhelmed, just focus on what's happening now and then line everything up later. Like it's it's fine. You'll be fine. It's not as scary as everyone makes it out to be. Yeah, it's a, it's a character. It got Goofy and Donald. How scary could it be, right? You're just, you know, when you started playing Kingdom Hearts, you didn't know what you're getting yourself. And he's like, yeah, it's just a game with uh, Final Fantasy characters and Disney and the characters. Yeah. Just Mickey's in a world there. Together. He's your friend. It's yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's all you need to know. Yeah, that's it. No, there's not, you know, darkness and light and right. nobodies and somebodies and right. <laughs> somebody. One guy who's, that's one the thing. Like, the, guys, if you don't know what he's talking about, exactly. that's the thing. That's the thing that he's saying. There's yes. nobodies or somebodies. Like, that's an actual thing. Yeah, and he's like, right. what do you mean there's nobodies? Like, there clearly is people there. <laughs> no, they're actual like monsters that are called nobodies. Right. Yeah. What are the ones oh. from Dream Drop Dream Drop, Drop Distance? Distance? What was the name just, of the bad guys? I think they're nightmares. Were they nightmares? nightmares? Yeah. Okay, they weren't like And then uh, Birth by Sleep was the unverse that was attached to people's emotions. Yes. 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 Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Binge, thank you for, for stopping by. We appreciate you. Um he says, gotta get up for work. Um in like six hours. He's gonna leave now. And he said, Great job, Eric. Thank I you so much. I appreciate it, man. So, Eric, what's what's your favorite Kingdom? Like, I'm just flat out, what's your favorite Kingdom Hearts game? Like, do you have a favorite? Yeah, it's it's two. Uh, that I game, mean, I I feel like, and I think the the general community consensus is that two is kind of like peak Kingdom Hearts. I mean, yeah. it's really Complete where package. they, yeah, it's really where they kind of found their their flow. I think they were trying to figure out what that game was going to be until they arrived at that and. That to me, I've played that one more than any of the other ones. That's was two specifically is like my comfort game. I go to two whenever I'm you know feeling down or stressed out. Like that's the game I want to go play. Um, I just think that that one is, like I said, if they just would have stopped the Kingdom Hearts two, it would have been a nice compact, like nice little trilogy. But they just had to keep going with it because you know money, and yep. uh, no more is a crazy person. But uh, two specifically, uh, I really like Birth by Sleep. I don't know how what the general consensus on that one is. I like that game a lot. 
uh, more than that. Uh, there aren't really any that I would say I hate. Uh, Chain of Memories is weird after playing that. The, the card system is that's just was a bizarre design choice. I, I understand why, but it was just, just very strange. I think you said it perfectly in, in your not some already spoilers for the guiding keys, but I think you said it perfectly for the time and the yes. platform it's on. It worked pretty well. It, it, yeah. it was because I do remember playing it when I was younger on the SP and it, it was fine. I was, I was having a blast. And but... trading card games were all the rage back then. If you remember, like the, that was the height of Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh, like right, magic, right. all that stuff was going nuts back then. So um, I think for then for the time it was great. It was just like a nice little addition, so, you know, the part of the part of little bridge. But yeah. if you go back to it now, you're gonna be like, "How come I can't just like like the the what's the the remix the new one the yeah the rechain the rechain yeah rechained um you just be like, how come I just can't like attack people like I have like I'm used to already attacking people because it's like the same type of like graphics like why can yeah. I just do that so it's just it's very very misleading yeah definitely um you mentioned the fighting mechanics let's talk a little bit about that with Kingdom Hearts three I feel like. And, and this kind of started with Birth by Sleep, right? The Osaka team kind of changed a little bit of how the mechanics feel, right? You, mm. you go from Kingdom Hearts 2, and it feels very tight, very, uh, you don't feel like that that floatingness to Sora, right? Mm -hmm. And so I personally love that. Obviously, I think all three of us agree that Kingdom Hearts 2 is probably our favorite game, right? Um, but then when you move on to Birth by Sleep and then moving forward to Kingdom Hearts 3, Osaka team kind of changed the mechanics a little bit to feel this like floaty aspect to it. And we, we kind of see that as well with Sora and, and uh, Super Smash Bros. as well. He kind of mm -hmm. follows that same suit. So do you guys prefer that fighting mechanic style? Do you feel like they could have tweaked it more and, and kind of st stuck to the Kingdom Hearts 2 weight mechanic feel that they have? Or Because I kind of feel like I, I wish Kingdom Hearts would stick to that. I would feel... I don't, I don't know. I don't even know if it's a big deal or not, but I feel like to me, if Sora felt that if I had that weight to Sora again, it would just feel more at home, more like Kingdom Hearts 2. Um, just a little caveat to that question, Eric, before you answer, you recently playing Kingdom Hearts 2 right now, mm -hmm. going from, you know, one and stuff like that. Do you feel like there's a huge difference in gameplay as far as the way that Sora handles compared from one, two, and three? Do you is there is that really is that more of a nostalgic thing? That's how we remember it, or he he's just a floaty guy? Like he's just, he's just a floaty guy. That's how he, that's how he handles. It's always how he's always handled. Yeah, I'm not I'm not a hundred percent sure because I've never like I said I've never played the games as close together, and it's been three years since I've touched one since I finished three. I, I do I think my general feeling is that. Uh, I, I do tend to agree. I think that gameplay was tightest in in two, and then they probably loosened it up a little bit. I, I feel like in Birth by Sleep they did a good job of giving each of those three characters. Like Terra felt a little heavier. Yeah, this was a little floatier. Um, Aqua ha was a little more like mystical with her with her magic. Powers yeah, she was right stuff. in the middle of those two. I yeah. Think. Uh, yeah, it really changed for me. It, it feels different going forward from there, especially when you get into dream drop distance and all the stuff they do with like the flow motion and stuff, which yeah, I love the flow motion. I thought that was, that was super cool. Yeah. And yeah. I have used the crap out of that and they brought certain aspects of that into three. Uh, I just, I feel like that's probably a symptom of three just kind of took the best parts of everything. Like they took the command system from birth by sleep. They took the flow motion from dream drop distance and they try to take the, the combat from two and kind of mix all that together 
Um, uh, the engine difference is probably different too because they switched the development of three from their in-house engine to Unreal Four. Yeah, like right. halfway through. So I'm assuming right. the engine difference probably has a little bit to do with that there. And sure, then sure. the way they kind of implemented the the form changes for the Keyblade and the the Disney park rides which is its own insane thing that they did yeah so uh yeah i to me like two was just it's just perfect and that'll always be what kingdom hearts is to me and then i think just going through those games and i think it's a symptom too of all those games being on a bunch of different hardware uh i'm sure on the hardware they felt great like i don't even remember playing dream drop distance on the 3ds because it was so long ago i just played on the the hd collection now Mm -hmm. so probably those games being on different hardware than them bringing them to like a HD, like a main console and just being ported so many times probably has to do with like the kind of a little bit of a weird inconsistent feeling. But for the most part to me, when I play them all, I'm like, oh yeah, this is, this is King- even Kingdom Hearts. Kingdom Hearts one, which is like at its most basic form, at its most slowest right. form. I'm like, yeah, this is Kingdom Hearts. So yeah, I, I mean, your question. yeah, it does. I, I just think that for three like you said, they they kind of combined all the other mechanics from from previous games and just mm-hmm. threw them in together. I, I don't like you the 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 what's it called the park mechanics like the uh, the Disney the parks. The rides, they could have yeah. they could have they could have <laughs> taken that out. I it's too much. It was too much. It's way too much. Yeah, way too much. Yeah. Even the flow motion thing, like I I enjoy it, but the the consistency of it, the way that you can just kind of utilize that over and over, I, I feel like it kind of takes away from the combat itself, mm-hmm. and, and it kind of give takes away from the um the difficulty sometimes with the game or just like i'm just spamming at this point and i don't really have a consensus of like what's going on because there's so much stuff going on right right um and i and i feel like i wish they toned that back a little bit right i wish they kind of like focused a little bit more on the combat itself and source different mechanics or different moves and maybe tweak those a little bit make them a little bit more tighter so that way you have a more Again, more Kingdom Hearts two resemblance, more like you have to have some type of skill to beat this enemy, and I can't. And I think they kind of did that with Remind, right? Um, where they they've added that, and I'm like, okay, now you're fighting all these bosses, and now you're 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 kind of like just focusing on how to kill, like how to beat these bosses, right? With skill set, you know. Um, yeah, and I feel too once you introduce something like the flow motion, for example, Kingdom Hearts two and e- even one, you have these. Not to knock the level design because that's how it was just back in the PS2 era, but it yeah. was like a hallway and then an open arena and then a hallway connecting to another open arena. And that's just how it was. And it felt very contained. Now, mm-hmm. all of a sudden you I mean, Sora was always very mobile, but now you give them this mobility option that makes you go very fast vertically and horizontally. Right. You so, right. walls now and stuff. Yes. Like that, so now cool. you have to just it kind of open up the, the levels a little bit. And I think that is also a change too because it's a different type of level design it's a different type of philosophy so and then you're designing the level specifically to complement this Movement. flow motion mechanic versus right. like just kind of designing uh the levels around just combat encounters at the lim- more limited move set of what sora can do in in kingdom hearts 2 so that probably has something to do with it too but i'm not a game designer so i could just be i'm, I'm just a dude on the mic uh internet with a microphone so <laughs> right right well, we can bet on one thing that we all know that all of the Kingdom Hearts games all have different mechanics. They all feel different in some way. We Kingdom Hearts Four will feel different than Kingdom Hearts Three. That is going mm-hmm. to be fact. There's, it's not going to be the same. It's going to feel different. So you might get your wish, Kelv, where it might might, might feel like too. <laughs> Maybe we'll see. Or it might I mean, feel like shit. 
I hope not. I really <laughs> from what it looks like from from the trailer that we got, it looks like it's it's very similar to Kingdom Hearts three, right? Where you have like the your flow mechanic, you have like your um like the running up walls things. I feel like I saw that as well in the in the trailer. Yeah. It looks very similar. Um I guess it kind of leads me to Kingdom Hearts four, right? Let's talk about Kingdom Hearts four and what do we expect from this this new iteration. I feel like it I didn't expect it to release so soon, at least the trailer, right? I was like I was kind of like taken aback when that happened. Yeah. I, I think because we are so like scarred from yeah. three, <laughs> yeah. we have PTSD. So we're just yeah, like, right. wait, 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 what? So <laughs> I, I still think this game's coming out in, like when I'm like forty. I, I, I no, I think, but we'll I don't see. think so. Again, like Eric said, the 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 big issue with Kingdom Hearts three was the fact that they changed engines midway, mm -hmm. and that that kind of delayed a lot of things. But I think they they're sticking with an Unreal Engine four, and then they're initially i guess essentially going to an unreal engine 5 at some point which yeah i would know how that's so. gonna work yeah so i i want to know your thoughts eric on what do you think about this new iteration kingdom Hearts 4 <laughs> coming out what's i mean we don't have to go into too much lore but as far as it coming out soon or you know at some point in the near future do you think it's going to hold up to you know the kingdom hearts franchise as a whole do you think it's going to um I don't know. Like, what do you think overall as far as Kingdom Hearts Four goes? I think I have I have lots of feelings. Um, <laughs> yeah, honestly, and just now, like retreading the lore and stuff like that. It's to me, it, it has the potential to be even crazier than than the the Xehanort saga that wrapped up in three. And I just, I'm excited to where they're going to bring it, but I, I'm just questioning kind of. Like, what is Nomura going to do? Like, what is he going to do? And just some of the stuff I've seen from, uh, you know, like some of the Remind DLC stuff I have fight, like uh, the stuff with Yozora and, and things like that. And just some screenshots of how Nomura basically reutilized some shots from his Versus 13 project. There seems to be some kind of attempt to bring together like the worlds of Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts. I don't know if that's um, just fairly conjecture on my part. But yeah, it's going to be interesting. Like, for example, this girl is technically supposed to be dead, and I'm not quite sure what's going on with that. So um, and just for him to be in like this, this more realistic world, uh, it, it certainly is interesting. I mean, we have this this new character who seems to be the focus. We're not quite sure if he's an antagonist, but the, the master of masters, obviously. Right. right. And, uh, you know, he was revealed in the mobile games who kind of ultimately be the the crux of of literally everything that's happened since the beginning of of time basically and we don't know that much about him we've never seen his face we've seen him in a grand total of maybe 20 minutes of cutscenes but he seems to be the biggest uh character in the universe and we just don't know much about him and uh people have already dissected this trailer to to death there's language on the, on the license plates on the buildings that's related to to scala the last world in kingdom hearts 3 and it's people have just done crazy stuff so that's such a right more thing to do yeah. yeah um i think the gameplay looks super cool I, i'm super excited for this uh i just it, there's so many it, i was so happy with the way things kind of wrapped up in in kingdom hearts 3 and then just continuing to understand more of the mobile game lore and what happened in remind and all this stuff and realizing that we got maybe an answer on like 10% of the questions we had. And there are still 
like to me at this point kingdom hearts feels like lost you get yes like one answer but like 10 more questions and yeah i i truly don't know what uh nomura's grand plan is here I, we have a uh i hope i'm not spoiling this but i i did an episode with dave from tales from the backlog and uh keith from main quest on stranger of paradise and we talked about the potential of like uniting all of the square enix universes into like one thing i don't know if that's what he's trying to do but there's some crazy stuff and it, it, it's gotten me back in and this scene here at the end too with donald and goofy like what are we yeah. what are we doing here and they're, they're going to see somebody obviously they're looking for sora something happened to sora at the end of three mm-hmm. where he's in this realistic looking japanese district i think it's the shibuya district i think it's shibuya. called yes so it's i mean we thought we wrapped some stuff up in king march three but honestly i feel like there are more questions than than answers so I'm excited. And if it gives me podcast content for the next 10 years, I'm super happy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I don't know, man. I, I love what they're doing with the franchise now with the more realistic approach. I think it's 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 a cool change of yeah, scenery. Change, change it up. Change yeah. it up, right? Um, my only concern is, and and this is my concern with Kingdom Hearts 3. I didn't like the levels. I didn't like the worlds that we we kind of like went into, which was, you know, I, I feel like they were a little lackluster. Mm-hmm. And I've always been, and I've said this since, I think, yeah, I've said this since three, or at least when three was coming out. I'm like, I, I don't like the approach of just Disney focusing on, like focusing on just Disney. Like, yeah. I miss I miss the Final Fantasy aspect to it. Like, give me more right. Final Fantasy, if anything. I know this is a Disney game in a sense, right? But I like that, that darker side of, of Kingdom Hearts if they could do that, you know? I, I think I can answer to that, and I, Eric as well, if you chime in. But I think the reason why we had a lot of Final Fantasy in in one and two, um, and not so much in three, is they kind of used Final Fantasy to help market this game. They were sure. like, "Look, Squall's in this, Cloud's in this, Sephiroth is in this," and it's Disney. Like that invokes like people to Curiosity. be like, "Wait, well, yeah, like like what? Like right. that's weird." Um, and then you play, and you're like, oh, that's sick that we get to see a Final Fantasy character. So you get the Final Fantasy people, um, you get the the Disney fans, right? So now we got, now we're here today, right? They've already developed the world; they have everything already. Now they're like, we don't really necessarily need the Final Fantasy characters because we've already built out the world. Like we already they, they, we're done. So I don't know if we're gonna see more Final Fantasy characters within kingdom hearts i think they're just going to focus on disney moving forward i too am in that camp i want to see more final fantasy characters like i would love to see more noctis i would love to see clive like that would be sick um but will it happen i don't know because they got to make new redesigns for them they gotta somehow incorporate into the game along with like the disney levels so I, i don't know exactly how realistic it is to say that there will be final fantasy characters within the game the pipe dream in in uh, my Discord server is we've talked about this and uh, we really want Jack to be in Kingdom Hearts. That that's our main goal is to get Jack from Stranger Paradise into Kingdom Hearts and to <laughs> get him to meet with Sora. That that's the one thing we want. Uh, if, if that happens, we'll all be happy. But no, I agree with you guys. And, and one of my this is a, a sneak peek for an episode that's probably four years away. But uh, one of my thoughts on Kingdom Hearts three was uh, yeah, I miss the Final Fantasiness of it all. The the inherent Disneyness of that game. I feel uh was limiting i like i it was super cool i love toy story i love big big hero six um 
fuck frozen i'm sorry uh but yes anyways it wasn't necessarily fuck frozen it was fuck frozen level like the the, the level <laughs> no, you're, you're, it was right. so empty right. it was just a snowfield that was yeah. just well, a snowfield when they really just went hard and they, they went leaned in towards the whole like word for word just the music scene of it i'm they didn't like have okay. to put the song in they didn't have to <laughs> they do that like that was a little in. too much for that in my opinion but yeah i don't know i i agree with you guys the the inherent the final fantasiness of it it was was missing and by the time kingdom hearts 3 rolled around like yeah i i love that disney's a part of it uh mickey to me will always be his majesty for now and for always that is how i view him yeah and um it's just by the time three rolled around i was more invested in the story of kingdom hearts than i was in the novelty of going to to the disney worlds and yes the juxtaposition with all the organization stuff that was going on with the Disney worlds. And, you know, in three, they had so much ground to cover with finding Ventus, rescuing Aqua, figuring out what happened to Terra, like um, finding out like you're missing literally everybody from the series until the end of that game. And I feel like by the time they had to fulfill, I don't, and I don't know how this works. I don't know the power dynamic between Disney and square. I just know that Disney's, super protective and super uh they're very hands-on when it comes to things that they own and they're involved with so right, right. i'm just gonna blame disney on this one yeah but it's it, by the time they got past all the disney stuff and they had to now wrap up this story towards the climax it was like all right in the last 10 hours of the game oh we found aqua we found ventus now we're going for the keyblade graveyard now we're having 17 boss battles now yep. we're wrapping this up and all of a sudden it's it's over which by the way the ending of three is awesome because it's just a nonstop gauntlet of boss battles and it's super right. cool because it's so many cool payoffs. But, but the pacing, way we got there, yeah, the pace, the way we got terrible. there was and I was like, I kept waiting for the Kingdom Hearts story to reassert itself. And the Disney story was just in the in way face. it, it yeah. was in the way. And to me right now, the thing that used to be this game's biggest strength, which was the Disney Final Fantasy thing. The Disney part of it is the series' biggest weakness now because yes. if Disney's going to continue to flex their muscle and and insist that more Disney things are included in this game, then I feel like that's going to hurt the the story, which is at least what I care about. You know, uh, I care about this insane world that Nomura has built. The Disney people are cool at this point; they're in the way. By the time three was out, you had two brand new Final Fantasy characters you could have woven into that story somehow. Lightning and Noctis. And I know that 13 oh and 15 God. were received great. Personally, Lightning and Noctis are pretty cool characters. And that would have yes, been really dude. cool to see like, them with Sora. Missed opportunity. So, yeah. The inherent Disneyness of the series, I feel like right now, is a weak point. And Nomura has stated in interviews that they are trying to work to bring more of the Final Fantasy-ness back to the series. Whatever that means... This Yozora character seems to be ripped right out of his failed versus 13 project. So, right. I don't know. Do you remember back? I think it was in Final Fantasy. Real Fan- quick, I'm just going to use the bathroom. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, discuss. Um, so, basically, do you remember? I don't know if it was Kingdom Hearts 2. Was it Kingdom Hearts 2? Yeah, it was Kingdom Hearts 2. But was it Orin? He joined your party in the Coliseum? Yes, he does. I. How cool is that to have freaking Orin from Final Fantasy X be on your freaking po- You were yeah. like, no one's going to kill me. I'm going to be everything. Like, yes, absolutely insane. And that was super cool because it worked so well with yeah. Orin's character from Ten about the way he was like, oh, he really was dead. And for him to be in the underworld, you're like, you know, that's a 
only if you played 10 and played Kingdom Hearts 2, you don't make that connection. But that was super cool. That's a way of doing it the proper way. I think that's a nice mixture of the way that's supposed to work. They didn't even try to do that in three. Didn't even try. No. Yeah, I don't I don't think there's a single Final Fantasy character in three. Is there? And if there is, it's like very, very minimal or they're like walk. Is, is, is Squall in three? I, I think they think show. So. No, they don't even show Squall. They, maybe they show him. I, but I don't. That's the thing. I don't remember any Final Fantasy. Even like, no. I was so excited for the prospect of a Sephiroth boss fight in three. I was like, that's tradition. That yeah, has they to have to put in there. Nothing. In Unreal 4, that's going to be super cool. And just didn't happen. Didn't happen. Do you think it's it's a, a big part is because they have so much, so much going on with the characters right now in their respective games? Like we have Final, like Final Fantasy Remake start was happening in do they use the model from remake to 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 go into Kingdom Hearts? We have sixteen coming out. Fifteen was just. Do you think there was just so much going on they weren't sure of and being level like I don't. We don't feel comfortable of giving the assets over because we don't know how they're actually going to play out in this game because the story is technically people haven't played the story yet. So, do you think that had something to do with it? Just because of I'm saying specifically for like Sephiroth and like Cloud being in mm. in uh and because they're always in the games. Yeah, it's certainly. It's certainly possible because, yeah, at that time, I know three and uh, seven remake got announced at about the same time, uh, like six years before they came out. And yeah. yeah, I think at that time and I know Kingdom Hearts three came out first and I believe it came out two years before seven remake did. So I think, yeah, if all of a sudden like Cloud and Sephiroth had showed up in three and there had been no news on seven remake and that game was still two years away, people probably would have been upset i assume people would have been upset uh but then i'm just thinking of it too and this is the picture i have in my mind of how it happened nomura has all these loose ends that he has to tie up in kingdom hearts 3 he obviously has his contractual obligations to include disney in the story somehow he's looking at his original plan for wrapping this story up on his whiteboard or whatever and his office with the thousands of pieces of string going everywhere and he can't possibly make this all work in a game that he can get out on time so the easy thing to cut i would assume is the final fantasy content because he obviously has to finish his original story he obviously has to fulfill his obligations to disney to me it was probably just a, a corporate thing and i kind of just I, like i said i blame disney <laughs> i blame disney, I blame disney yeah because they're like you gotta oh. you gotta put this stuff in there <laughs> i, I want to show you guys a trailer here and for the audio listeners i am playing the Super Smash Brothers yeah. uh, reveal for Sora. This is actually the latest we get of Sora interacting with Final Fantasy characters. Mm -hmm. So do you find it odd that like we have Cloud and Sephiroth in Super Smash Brothers and they are reacting with Sora? Like where's where's the thing where they show actually the, the trophies that are Sephiroth and, and, mm -hmm. and Cloud? So... It's funny to me that this game has more look right there has yeah, more final right fantasy there. characters <laughs> in the kingdom heart like <laughs> lore than three did like that's yeah. wild to me so i'm gonna ask the ultimate question how likely are we gonna see super smash brothers ultimate somehow make its way into kingdom hearts man Four. That would be so cool. That, Stop. That would be absolutely. I. 
I think my head would literally explode. There would be blood everywhere in this room if that happened, where we're like in a world. It's like you're actually gonna see Mario. Or you're gonna you're gonna see like something of like no, super. It's, it's not gonna happen. I know it's not gonna happen, but that'd be so freaking crazy. It would that'd be wild. wild, dude. No, I don't. And in the same light of like, I feel like they're just doing too much with these worlds with Disney. I feel like that would be way too much in in that sense too, right? I want them to tone it down with the Disney side of things. I want them to really focus on the lore of Kingdom Hearts because, like you said, Eric, this is really what this the 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 staple of this game is now. It's it's kind of like the 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 set like the front and center thing of what makes Kingdom Hearts Kingdom Hearts now. Like I don't go to Kingdom Hearts to, to go to Disney Worlds anymore. I go to Kingdom Hearts to know about these characters and see what's going to happen next. Right, and so. They need to focus on, and then the the Final Fantasy side for me, it just makes more sense. It's just more entertaining. It's more interesting to me. So I, I want them to like. This will never happen, but remove the the Disney side of things. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I'm sorry. And never. and just kind of focus on the Final Fantasy side and the the lore of what Kingdom Hearts right. is. I know that would never happen, right? I'm but, I'm even fine with them keeping like at, at this point, Donald and Goofy are integral to the game. So yes, I'm yeah, fine with that. Yeah, and keep Mickey Mouse, and like I'm fine with all that, but. Yeah, if I want to watch Toy Story, I'll watch the movie Toy Story. I don't need to go and play a level about it. So Right, exactly. That's pretty we, much the point of management. What's up, bro? I was going to say, like, unfortunately, guys, the, the reality is we're definitely going to get a ton. of we, we probably will get a ton of Disney because there's a bunch mm-hmm. of new Disney IPs that came out. There's true. Ray and the Last Dragon, right? There's Moana that hasn't been put into the game. Encanto. Um, Encanto is another yeah, one. Sure. Right. <laughs> What's what's another one that came out recently? And um, since then, we, we're ignoring the big question, which is the big IP crossover. Uh, Disney has Star Wars and Marvel now. Yeah, thank you. So yeah. that's the that's the big one. Yes, <laughs> which yeah. leads me to my question, right? What do you guys think we'll see in Kingdom Hearts Four? What worlds are we going to be in? I think we kind of see a little bit of that in the teaser trailer, where that forest-looking area, everyone's saying it's Star Wars. It kind of looks like it. Um, the Marvel aspect of things. I had a, a episode with Chazzy when he was on our our episode when you were gone, Rob, and we we kind of discussed that too. We were like, "Hey, what if Marvel kind of weasels their way into the Kingdom Hearts world, and we see like a Marvel world, or we see you know something of that nature? Imagine going into like a, a Spider Man world. Like, just crazy things can happen, and mm-hmm. that would really elevate my interest in the business <sighs> side of things. I feel like that would open floodgates." Though yeah. I don't know if Nomura wants to deal with that because <laughs> now they're like, you have that's Marvel. another IP. You yeah. need a now you need the Avengers in this bitch. Like you need <laughs> all the, the universe. Like you got to get them all in there, and then it's basically Infinity War plus the Kingdom Hearts and plus the Keyblade <laughs> oh, War. Jesus like it's just no, no, no. I, oh. it, it's just it's too much. It's it's too much to open that door. I think it would be yeah. insane and dope, right? But I think if you're him, you're like, mm, I already got this craziness, but. I, the one question I have is the way the game is shot right now, like the, the, the way that Sora looks, it's he's realistic looking, right? Mm-hmm. This is the most realistic we've ever seen him. He has regular size feet now, which is weird. Um, Blows my mind. Do we? So was was his feet always regular size or was it just the shoes are really big? I, no. I want to say the yeah, shoes the were always feet. really big. Okay. No, but he, how he always had, I Because I, we've, I, I want to say they're... He would stumble all the time. I want to say there there were like scenes of him as a kid, like on the beach, barefoot. Yeah, he had normal feet. He had mm-hmm. regular feet. So unless like he got some like 
a degenerative like foot growth disease <laughs> growing up i Jeez. i don't know it's <laughs> fucking hilarious yeah. oh man <laughs> so it being more is that just the realistic look of that specific world that you're in or is that just gonna be kind of like what the game looks like throughout the the game like yeah, it's gonna be the more of that realistic look i'm not sure i would i, I certainly i don't mind the look i think the look is i like very the look cool. i like yeah um to me i think i still think it needs to retain some of that like cartoony feel because because that's what the what the series is so it may very well be it's like yeah that's what he looks like in in that world uh in, in regards to like the star wars and marvel thing like, i agree with you guys 100 i think that opens up floodgates if disney did come and be like hey we want one of these things in it i think star wars i think star wars fits more inherently with like yeah. just the light dark side stuff yeah. i think that's a more um sora fighting darth vader would be just insane it's the most insane thing i could possibly think of yeah, uh and it's like i said it's as hilarious as i think it would be to see tony stark interact with sora and donald duck um I don't think that would I don't think that would happen. But uh, bro, Obi-Wan Kenobi in your party <laughs> fighting alongside be, you would, would be, be wild. Absolutely nuts. Bonkers. <laughs> absolutely Jeez. nuts. And I think that uh, a keyblade as a, as a lightsaber, lightsaber. like they, they kind of stop it. They kind of did it. that with young Zaynord in the in. in yeah. The, the, distance. He had yeah, kind yeah, of yeah, a, yeah, that yeah. crazy one. But yeah, I think the the question mark is we don't just because of how secretive games are we don't know the dynamic between disney and square we don't know how that works out we don't know how much disney flexes their muscle uh i i do know just doing my history from the first couple of games nomura had pretty big uh latitude to make discussions when it came to disney properties but disney always had the final say on what yeah. could or couldn't be included uh yeah. and so like they couldn't proceed with development on kingdom hearts 2 until they got approval to include Mickey in the game more. And of course, that's going to get approval from literally every person that has a decision making say at Disney yeah. because it's Mickey. So um, I'm optimistic that maybe they'll pull back in some of the Star Wars stuff because I feel like in the last couple of years, there's been kind of a pushback on Star Wars media in general. Uh, I, I believe they even came out and said that they're going to be more careful putting Star Wars stuff out. Uh, due to yeah. the failure, yes. failure of the movies of, of, the, of, of Solo, the re most recent. yeah, yeah, of Solo, and the, and the yeah, it's kind of the backlash to the new trilogy. So yeah, we're we're it's it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. And then, uh, like I said, I want there to be more of an emphasis on that story. No more is telling because I I know that's what I'm there for. I feel like that's what I don't speak for the entire fan base, obviously, but that's what most of the fans are are there for. I would assume. Yeah, because we love those characters, and at this point, like Disney's just in the way. So yeah, it, I don't it, need to. I don't need to go to um, Olympic uh, Olympus anymore. I don't need to go there. No, I'm good. absolutely I'm not. I'm done. Please I'm don't. Done. Please, Please don't. I'm, done. Done. I'm good. <laughs> We're absolutely done. But yeah, yeah. I think going back to what Rob said, that world that we first see um, Sora in, that is a it's its own separate world, the mm -hmm. Quantrum or something like Quant Quantrum, Qu Quadratum, Quadratum. Thank you. Yes. And so that's that's just the world. That's the realistic approach that they're they're going for because you're it's kind of like taking um the Japanese you know Shibuya. area. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much. Right. Yeah. And so that I don't think that's going to be the actual look of the game. So mm -hmm. that's crazy to think. We still haven't. If, if that's the case, we still have yet to see what the game really looks like. Listen, right? if there's anybody that is, I would say the best about like keeping things under wrap and not letting anything get into the media it is freaking the 
Square Enix and Kingdom Hearts. Like they don't yeah. show you shit unless they want to show you shit. Like you never hear reports about something getting leaked about Kingdom Hearts. Never. They're in so the, in, in the Kingdom Hearts Ultimania. Uh, I read a note from Nomura and he says that um, he only tells the development team as much as they need to know. Mm-hmm. So even the development team making the game doesn't know everything that Nomura is planning. Only he knows the true end of, of how everything is going to work. So, yeah, there's no leaks uh, because he's got it all up here and he's only sharing what he feels needs to be shared at the time. <laughs> There's probably something they sign on their contract when you when you work on the game or you're doing oh, yeah. anything around the game. They're like, if you say anything about this, there will be an assassin sent to your house to murder you. That's <laughs> probably, probably yes. what happens. I've hired Nintendo assassins. To- <laughs> yes, Sakaguchi <laughs> will show up at your house and just yeah. like, kneecap you or whatever. But uh, <laughs> I, I, I feel too. Um, I feel like leaks are more of a Western thing. I don't. I can't remember too much about anything kind of leaking in regards to like Japanese companies. Yeah, Super Smash is pretty. It's pretty good about. Yeah, about they're all leaks. pretty like, tight about that. Yeah, which I, we just we just I guess we can't shut up. No one can keep Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. I I'm hopeful for what Kingdom Hearts Four can can be. My Thank last you. question for you guys: When do you think we'll see more? Oh, like, it's a good we question. have to be seeing more soon this year, maybe. Right, Tokyo Game Show maybe in September or something. I don't know. It's gonna be a surprise. Will it be on like a state of play? Will it be at an E three? Will we see something at eight? No, probably not. We probably won't see something. When is when is D twenty three happening again? It's around the Tokyo Game Show. Okay, so it's around uh, August. Is it December? I thought it was September. Because I'd be willing to bet either of those two probably be pretty good, unless and this is again just kind of the marketing person in me uh they were really heavy on final fantasy 7 stuff the last like year and a half so i don't know if they're just trying to keep kingdom hearts out of the way for like just to clear the deck for final fantasy 7 and obviously 16 is coming up now but pretty much once 16 launches and then if 7 rebirth does launch this year what what's next for square the deck's kind of clear so i would be willing to bet that after that stuff goes yeah maybe towards that time we get a little bit more see a little bit more or something like that but or maybe they're just trying to avoid Kingdom Hearts 3 fiasco where it's like they announced it in 2013 and didn't come out for six years. Right. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, they wouldn't have shown the trailer when they did if they no. didn't have it. They, they, I, they don't want to pull another Kingdom Hearts 3 on us. They, I know right that. They're, they're, they're not going to do that. So I think it's going to come sooner than, than later. I'm thinking 2025. Early 2025. Interesting. I can see that. Um, I do know 2025 would be interesting because that would be the 20th year anniversary of Kingdom Hearts 2. So that's possible. I could see that. I think if they do it in 2024, it might be too close to reunion. And uh, oh yeah, what does do we have any idea about that third seven remake December. game at all? They said Q. The, they said Q4 December. this year. It's not coming out this year. There's no way that game's coming out this yeah. year. I'm I, talking about the last one because it's gonna be a three part right the whatever the last oh yeah i don't even know when the light that's gonna be probably yeah i don't know yeah there's obviously different teams so we have we obviously have the 16 team we obviously have the kh4 team we obviously have the remake team i don't know how many other teams there are um they don't want to cannibalize each other so yeah i know no more pretty much focused on the four team i know that they said he wasn't involved with 16 or uh Mm -hmm. seven remake part two seven rebirth as as much so Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, boy, he had time to make Strangers Paradise, so I don't, I don't know. <laughs> right. Whatever, dude. I, um, I have some sources in the in, in in the in the gaming industry, and they're telling me that at least a trailer will come out this year. I as to see, when? Yeah. As to when they're yes. they're thinking it's going to be sometime in September. So because yeah, we got one last year, right? That was the last you time. Heard we got it. You heard it here first. You heard it here first. Yeah, last year because that was last year was the twenty. Well, I think it was the twentieth anniversary yeah. overall. Yeah. Exciting times. Exciting times, man. Yeah, man. I think this is it. I think we've we've covered a decent amount of Kingdom Hearts. Um, any final thoughts, any final wishes, any final rebuttals, anything about Kingdom Hearts that you want to just lay it out there right now? I guess uh if you're interested at all about the series, yeah, uh, come listen to let's go. I've got uh two episodes up on KH1, I've got two episodes up on Chain of Memories, and we're you know, depending on the time this comes out, and I'm hoping next couple of months I'll have a couple episodes on Kingdom Hearts 2 come out. We're going through the entire series, and if you want to talk to me about it, I always love talking to people and just trying to convince you to join me in the in the madness and the insanity, and I'll uh, hopefully make you like the game. <laughs> mm. Wait, hold on, guys. Oh, shit. Here we go. There's oh. a news that just broke out that Call of Duty is going to be in kingdom hearts 4 what the <laughs> hell on, what the hell uh, eric thank you so much for 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 hanging out with us and and sticking it through two hours worth of content right here so yeah. thank you so man. much man appreciate it no it, it flew by this and that's the mark of uh, having a good time right F- time flies when you're having fun this was awesome guys thank you so so much a, a treat to come on a show that i think so highly of to be part of this this live show like i don't i maybe my second time ever doing something live. So this was an awesome, awesome experience. Thank you so much. Yeah, Thank you, you for, for coming. And you probably forgot it was live, right? Like literally, I always yeah. forget this show's live. So halfway yeah. through, I was like, oh, it is live because I saw the comments popping up on there. So yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, guys, uh, just remember, we are going to PAX this weekend, um, Saturday. Uh, it's going to be really fun. It's going to be really dope. Um, there's some content coming out. It's going to just take a while until I, I edit some stuff and, <laughs> and make sure I, I post it. Um, so stay tuned for that. We're going to have a lot of stuff, a lot of uh, interviews from developers, uh, games that you haven't seen before, games that you haven't heard of. will probably be you know on our, our, our YouTube channel and, and, and maybe on our social. So definitely check that out um, in the foreseeable future. Rob, anything before we before we head out? Yeah, I got a question for you too. Yeah. Resident Evil 4 remake drops. Uh, midnight tonight. Um, do I download it on PS5 or do I download it on Steam? Oh, I'm I'm going PS5. Is the Steam Deck approved? I think it. I don't. Ooh. So the Resident Evil games they aren't, but they they it, it, they it usually says no, like, but they, they like run, run well. Right? They run well. Yeah. Like yeah, I played yeah, three. Yeah, yeah. Like remaking it was fine. So yeah. what do you you think in Steam Deck? Because I could play it on on the go if I wanted to. That's a hard one. I would right? almost be curious to see on the PS5. I only say PS5 because I have the I have the edge and I, I have to utilize that thing gotcha, as gotcha, much gotcha. as I can. <laughs> and plus now I have Discord on PS5, so it's like for me it's a no-brainer. But I can mm-hmm. see the, the the temptation to kind of bring it on the go with you with the Steam Deck, right? Yeah. You can just like take a shit and play Resident Evil. Like, <laughs> Literally take know, a shit while shooting shit my pants. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> just make it easier for you. You know what I mean? Um, so right. that's a hard that's a hard decision, man. That's up to you. I think I think for you, you might lean more towards the, the Steam Deck, right? The PC side of things, maybe. But we'll see. We'll find out next week. I'll vote PS5. I just feel like PS5. that'd be a cool right, two PS5. PS5. So probably PS5. All right. Yeah, probably PS5. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for tuning in. We will see you guys next week. <laughs>